Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Tour 12 Podcast. My name is Cody, or as Heath would say, Cody the Producer Man. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny, but as you can tell, Heath and Brandon are not with me today. In fact, they are on their sixth day of hunting in the state of Ohio, Southern Ohio to be exact. And I have uh, heard that they have had some long, tough all day sits waiting for a giant Ohio ridge running whitetail deer to show up. I talked to Heath yesterday via text message and he said that they have had to uh, travel through some rough terrain to get to the places that they have been hunting there in Ohio. And I know that's not a big deal for B, um, but if you listen to the fit sessions of our podcast, you know that Heath is not in the same physical condition as B the body. (laughs) And so I'm sure that they will have some funny stories to tell on a podcast soon enough. Um, Before we jump into the content, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Tour 12 podcast every week. Our goal is to um, help people live their passion in business, leadership, and life. And we hear pretty regularly of people taking steps to um, do something that they love or chase down a dream. Now, I'm not saying that Tour 12 is the only reason people are doing this. Uh, What I'm trying to say is that hearing these stories really motivate us to continue to create good content that helps people live their passion. In fact, I want to encourage you to email us at feedback at tour12.com with any topics of conversation that you feel might be helpful to you as you live out your passion. Now, this afternoon's podcast is going to be a little bit different than any other podcast we've ever done. Um, We're actually calling this the Tour 12 Throwback. And we're going to jump to a podcast that's actually one of our most downloaded podcasts to date. It's rather lengthy. It's about three hours long. Um, and Aaron Keller and Josh Kinzer of Big and Jay and Swagger Bipods are on there uh, with us. Uh, now, when those guys get on a podcast, there's a couple of things that you can be guaranteed. One, uh, there's going to be some rabbit trails. <laughs> And this episode does not disappoint. Two, there's going to be quite a few uh, funny things. In fact, um, we have actually put this in the uh, description of the podcast. It's entertainment at its finest. So be prepared to do some laughing. And then finally, when you're around these guys, something that you can be guaranteed of is at some point, somebody's going to say something that really stands out. And if you will um, apply it to your life and your leadership, and what you're doing, um, it will make a big difference. And in this podcast, that idea was innovation. The truth is, it doesn't matter who you are or what you're passionate about, whether it's the outdoor industry or marketing, um, it could be education, it could be parenting or being a great spouse. Um, There is always innovation that can be um, accomplished. And so that's why we think this is a great podcast for people. You know, that's one of the things that I love about working with Heath. He is always looking for ways to innovate, whether it's in something that we're marketing or a product that we can create to make a product we love already better. He's always thinking about innovation. This is my experience with innovation. When you're around people who innovate, it becomes contagious. And so that's what's happened to me, just being around Heath and Aaron and some of these other guys. When they think of these great ideas, it makes me want to think 
of great ideas. And so before we jump into this podcast, I just want to encourage you today as you're hearing about innovation, I want to encourage you to think about things that you can start doing in the areas that you are passionate about to do something different, to innovate in a new way. So without further ado, I want to turn you over to this podcast with Heath, Aaron Keller, and Josh Kinzer in the Tour 12 Throwback, Be an Innovator or Go Home. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the conversation with my main man, some of my best friends in the industry, Mr. Aaron Keller and Mr. Josh Kinzer from the mega world of Big and J and Swagger Bipods. They're in studio with us and truly pumped to have you guys in uh, just to discuss a little bit of life, a little bit of business and see how far y'all can rabbit trail and check us off track because I know y'all are good at that. We can rabbit trail, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, me and Aaron go back a little while now, I guess. I don't know how many years, but long time actually it's been a, been a while now and become pretty good friends first through business and then uh obviously just through doing doing work together and and also josh has come on here in the last few years done an amazing job with big and jay and swagger and so we're going to get into a little bit of their story matter of fact let's just dive into you all story a little bit tell us aaron give because you got a long history in the outdoor industry so just give us a little quick run through oh, of it you want my give me so so 1998 on or what are we talking here give me like your retail background now on the manufacturing side you know uh retail's changed so much today but you go back to 98 i mean fast pro didn't have but a handful of stores cabela's was small uh i don't even remember if gander was in business then just because you know i i was in a retail world and didn't didn't think about that kind of stuff but uh Back then, we was, I can remember, I was top five Botech dealer in the nation, you know, here in the small town of Arkansas, and yeah, worked for an oil company. I thought I was something, you know, we had, three, we had 72 retail locations on the, on the gas side and three sporting good lo- retail locations, and, you know, an 18-year-old kid running these things, is <laughs> that's a big deal, you know. <laughs> Made twenty five thousand dollars a year, you know. I was rich. You was rich. Oh yeah. You was uh, happy though, wasn't you? I was happy. Didn't get to hunt or fish because I worked all the time. But hey, that's just how it goes. That's what they say in this industry. Yeah. You want to hunt or fish? Don't get in the don't industry. Don't get in the industry. That's right. That's a, that's a true statement, you know. But man, I mean, unless you're a TV star. Oh yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> there is no such thing as TV stars in this industry, that's other a, than maybe one person, two. <laughs> I'll give two. Two? And I've been here longer than most of those guys, so I'll say two. <laughs> anyway, back. Anyway, that's back, another podcast. That's a podcast for another day. <laughs> we'll offend a lot of people on that one. But, so, you know, I, I, you know I'll never forget, I worked for this oil company um, and had a great opportunity. I got married at a young age and, you know, I, I was like working on this great career, and nine eleven happened, and people's like nine eleven. What does that have to do with anything? I mean, I've been through Y two K when everything was going to crash, and I sold more ammo than you could think of. I'm talking crazy really? coming out of the woods. Oh, the computers are going to shut down. I'm like, no, it's not. They're just rolling over double zero. People, come on, let's have some common sense here. And they're like, <laughs> oh no, the world's stopping. I remember that. Oh, it was stupid. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. So, but when nine eleven happened, I kid you not, I, I had. To, my supervisor, you know, this is a guy that handled all the gas buying for our entire company. 
and in our small town we had seven stations but we had a bulk distribution i get a phone call you know actually my pager went off this was prior prior pagers (laughs) this was prior to if you had a cell phone you were rich you know so i i had this pager go off and i'm like what's what's james on so i called james like call everybody in now turn your tv on i was like what are you talking about he's like we're under attack like you know i'm like seriously he's like no go up front have maryland call everybody in now it's gonna be a panic so i turn on my tv and you know here's these airplanes flying into the world trade center this is like holy crap well zach who works for us today you know worked for me then yeah he actually rolls in hey they canceled class because he's in college you know and i'm like go clock in he's like what call andy call this guy I went. I mean, I had next thing you know, I had every employee that worked for us at this one station because we were the largest station in town. And you know, I know I'm I'm, I'm rabbit trailing on us bad like <laughs> we said we good, but <laughs> but you know, here's at nine eleven. You think about that. You know, here we're in the outdoor industry. You don't think about it. It was a chaotic day that day. I had more people try to fight me. Really? I had people want to kill me over gasoline. Oh Stupid. Yeah. I remember how backed up it was. Oh my God! I had eighty seven vehicles trying to get gas at one time i had one guy literally he's like he had 355 gallon drums in the back of his truck i gotta have gas i'm dude you can't get gas we no you can't get gas you can get 5 15 or 20 that was it and there was no credit cards no checks 5 15 or 20 that's all we were taking that girl shuffling cash wow and he's like no i gotta have you don't understand i was like dude it'll be okay tomorrow his exact statement this is how dumb people are and I, that's a, i know that's a bad statement <laughs> But this is true. His exact statement was, there might not be a tomorrow. Of course, me, being Mr. Speak Off the Cuff, I said, then why do you need that much gas in? (laughs) (laughs) He he just looks at me. And it finally registered. (laughs) And guess what? Gas prices, well, they weren't back to 97 cents like That's they were. Hilarious. But they they went to dollar twenty nine. <laughs> you know, I mean, so anyhow, long story. So I went from that, thought I had this awesome career. But 9-11 crushed the oil company I was with. Oh, yeah? Because the people, they'd spent their monies and futures. So I realized real quick, okay, my career, I thought, because I didn't go to college. I mean, I did go to college, but I didn't finish because I got talked into – gonna be with this oil company next thing you know i'm like i gotta have a job because these right. people can't even pay your bills and when you know when companies like avery and benelli are calling like hey you ain't paid us in 180 days we're like <laughs> oh crap you know who's next and you start looking at the food chain of this company and when you can't pay bills what do you need a guy in here running this operation yeah. for you know he's gone <laughs> so i got an opportunity to work for one of the largest distributors in the country big rock sports and went to work for them for a while and i worked for several large um rep agencies um national agencies so i guess what is this 2018 so it's been 20 long years and i've been with the 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 company that owns Big and the J now for six, and uh, it's been actually probably the six best years I've ever had because it really truly doesn't feel like six. And that's where you and I really got to know each other because I was telling somebody the other day, it's funny, I've been traveling the state of Arkansas since 2004, going into Johnny's. Yeah. And then here's these strutting butt guys, you know, coming I in. And, that. You know, and, and 
and I, I knew Brandon a little bit before you, but here y'all guys, and here we're all full circle where, you know, <laughs> I come into town, and I'm sorry, Johnny, if you listen, but I very seldom <laughs> ever get to Johnny's anymore. I just come to Heath's house, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's bad, but that's a true statement, yeah. but we do so much business together today. Yeah. But, the, you know, that's kind of where I'm at today, and I love this industry, but I've seen it through ups and downs and uh you know i, I look at the last i mean you've really talked about the last two years to change not only retail but even television industry and um i don't want the next five years holds i don't either it's a drastic change yeah. it really is there's going to be um people are going to survive and uh, the copycats are going to go away yeah well and josh can probably speak to that a lot too but before we get there josh give us a little bit of your you know your background into getting into the outdoor industry well, you know, it's ironic because, and I really didn't plan to talk about this, but, you know, Aaron, his focus on getting in the outdoor industry was based around 9-11. And, you know, for me, I was working in marketing and advertising and uh, had a really good job. And when, when 9-11 happened, you know, I felt left out, uh, you know, and so... I think that for me, it's still wild to think about, you know, today we've got all these like people now that don't real, don't remember it. You know, yeah. that's how far, oh, that's how old we are. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're getting further and further removed from it, but, um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to go into everything I did, but to make a long story short, I just felt left out and quit my job got out of my lease for everything and joined the army and um how old was you then oh i was old i was like 26 so you know i i, I was working for uh one advertising agency and I in was, the in the outdoor industry or no 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 i wasn't i was uh, i got to do some cool stuff I, I was working on some texas beat projects i got to work on some stuff for tyson chicken i, I had a cool job um we wrote jingles and hell i remember there was one time where the the guy didn't the singer didn't show up and i had to end up singing the thing that Shut I wrote up. For a radio jingle go ahead give and us I, a little, no, give us no. line give us a line right uh, quick. Well, <laughs> well, that, go ahead Josh. okay so i'll tell you uh it, it, you know this was in tennessee and pals if anybody is listening and knows tennessee pals is a fast food restaurant and they wanted to do this jingle deal where you know they wanted to get people to sing in for their supper and you would create these songs so it was my job to write these really bad songs to songs that were really popular at the time you know so people would sing along and so it was like <laughs> we went to the red hot chili pepper song and the one i ended up singing on the air was like you know under the bridge oh no you didn't yeah and it was like Go ahead. Sing it. Come on. Hey, me and Heath are musicians. I'm we won't judge too bad. I was like, I don't ever want to eat flat fast food again. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. That is awesome. Hey, I'll run downstairs and get a guitar and play that so you can sing it because I can play under the bridge all day. Oh, man. And so, uh, yeah, there were some fun times, but yeah. It, you know, in the end, when, when 9 11 happened, I just, 
I, I felt like I needed to do something. So I spent time in the military and ended up getting busted up. Uh, you know, I've had, I won't, I, you know, I, I don't regret what I did and, and how I did it. And you've had some amazing experiences I, along the way too. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I felt like <laughs> <laughs> I needed to be in the battle at that time. And, right. and I, I don't, I don't regret that at all. And so, um, you know, as it just kind of happened, of course, I've always been a writer and always been into photography and, and videography. And, you know, after I got wounded in Iraq, I just kind of thought, like, what do I want to do? And it's like, you know what? I grew up watching Bill Dance and Roland Martin and everything. And this is the industry that I want to work in. And, and I just kind of found a spot and you know grew from there what did that what did that transition look like for you then so because there's a world of people out there right now that that's their mindset i want to be in that industry so did you get a full-time job then did you work a part-time job did no i you know and and the thing is i think you got to have humility like it and you got to think at this time i'm in my 30s but i knew i wanted to do it i knew i could go i mean and i actually had some job offers to make and you come from a marketing background too, yeah. so I had job offers back then to make more money than I'm making right now. But you know, you look at that job offer and you look go, well, there's a lot of unhappiness that comes with that money. Yeah. And uh, so what I did, of course, at the time, I, w- I still had a couple of surgeries to do in the army. Um, you know, I basically cracked the back of my skull. I had my eye orbit under my left eye was broke i mean there's all these little surgeries and i'm fine i didn't you know but it was just a time process to go get surgery get bone fragments removed and and do this stuff so um the the problem we were having and, and we're still having today where we see veteran suicide and everything going on is it's idle minds and you know i could go off on a whole another tangent on that but the army was pretty much like hey we need you to stay doing something that you love well you know when i when i went and said look i used to work in the market advertising industry you know i've got a degree i i I do all this they're like okay and and i ended up finding texas trophy owners yeah and I was literally an editorial intern. But can we can we can we back up just a little bit? Okay, go. Because before he had trophy hunters. All right, so we were national sponsors of trophy hunters. Yeah. All right. How I big met and Big and Jay. How I met Josh. I literally was in Grand Island. You know, I live in Arkansas. Me and you don't live but a couple hours apart. And that was back in the day when we still believed it was cool to wrap vehicles, you know, <laughs> in quotation here. You know, there's this paper note on my windshield. I kid you not. I was like, what the heck is this crap? You know, <laughs> I get out and there's this, hey, this is, who Who was the guy? It was Austin. Austin, yeah. From He's Kansas. like, Kansas, Purple Heart Ranch, blah, blah, blah. We'd love to buy some feed from you. We've been trying to buy feed from Big and J, blah, blah, blah. You should meet this you know our guy josh kendra in texas and i'm like josh kendra in texas anyhow so i pick up the phone we call this austin cat he don't answer his phone i don't know that i've still to this day met austin i've talked to him so i was like all right i know a guy in texas 
I call Chase Greenville. Yeah. Chase, if you're listening, yeah, you're involved in this podcast. <laughs> so I called Chase. I was like, hey, you know this Josh Kinzer cat? He's like, yeah, I know Josh real well. I was like, I got this freaking like handwritten note from sixth grade on my <laughs> windshield. <laughs> you know? I need to meet Josh, evidently, because they want to buy a lot of feed. Again, this was in the infant stages of Big and Jay when, you know, if we went and sold a truckload, we were like rich. You know what I mean? We yeah. were big deal. You know? <laughs> and uh, so, coordinate this trip. This is prior. You was Purple Heart Ranch. Mm-hmm. All right? Go down to Texas. Me and Chase. So, Chase is, we roll into this like, high roller fancy like the biggest hotel you've ever seen in your life i thought who's this cat we're meeting i'm like is this like is like is this like governor perry or something here in texas it's like i was like told chase was like can i even afford to park in this parking lot in this place i was like holy cow you roll in here's josh and pj you know pj's another vet you know and we're sitting there, and first thing Josh says, like, man, I've been trying to buy a truckload, but y'all guys don't return emails. So I was like, let me give you my card, because that's not how I operate, you know? <laughs> from then on out, like, we hit it off from there. We've been, like, nonstop. And, I'll never- and, and for people, like, you got to understand, okay, first of all, so Purple Heart Ranch was something that, that we developed uh, to – basically give a place for not only wounded veterans but kids whose dads were killed and then and we had a lot of stuff going on for widows and so um you know chase and and all of us had had been involved and and that that actually came after you know because i was just an editorial intern for for horace score at texas trophy hunters and literally that the rule was by the army i couldn't get paid oh yeah so you was trophy hunters i was trophy hunters prior i, I did not know that yeah i, I, I was prior <laughs> there you go prior to <laughs> wow where, when you met me so um you worked with horace yeah there and, and literally horace was i mean horace is such an interesting character because he would literally like joke every day be like kinzer i'm gonna buy you steak dinner and buy steak dinner i mean a Bill Miller's barbecue sandwich. <laughs> and he thought that was funny every single day, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it was just, and then reiterate, I didn't live in this fancy hotel that Aaron's talking about. <laughs> it was the JP Marriott that was down the street for me, but where I lived, I lived in a little neighborhood off the side of it. It was great. Cause I had a FedEx and I, I thought, hey, I can impress these guys. But yeah, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, first thing I asked, because, you know, back then I played a little bit of golf before yeah. we were, like, real busy. I was like, dude, what's the cost of tee off here? He's like, I don't know, like 195 bucks. It's like, oh, crap, it's like 15 where I live. I can't play here, you know. <laughs> that, that was it. Yeah. That's if you're a member. If a member. <laughs> I, it was an awesome-looking course. This is I ain't kidding you. This is, like, the biggest – I don't know that I've still to this day, and I've stayed in a lot of hotels. That's the biggest it, it place is, I've ever been. It is the largest TPC. And of course, this was a couple of years ago because I used to do a whole bunch of stuff with the Valero Texas Open. And so, you know, we had to do a lot of things there. But it was the largest by land TPC Marriott in the world at that time. I wow. have no idea if that's still true. Oh, it's crazy. But 
So, on to my Josh Kinzer history. So, (laughs) here he's trying to buy a truckload from us, not talking to me. Nobody evidently wants to take this man's money. Well, okay, Aaron will take your credit card gladly because that's what I do. I'm I'm here to make money. Right. You know, I still don't think I sold you a truckload. You never did. We'll we'll figure it out soon. Yeah, but, (laughs) you know, by that time, you done started moving on. So, we had been sponsoring texas trophy hunters great guys but at that point in time you know we're a company trying to figure and you know me me and you talked about marketing like oh, yeah. I, I i look at television and be like i don't give a crap who you are unless your name's michael waddell it don't matter yeah i mean and that's truth and anyhow sorry all y'all tv tv guys but <laughs> and uh so i'm looking at this budget of these dollars we're spending now i know what kind of sales we got and our marketing you know, let's say it should be one-tenth of your sales. Well, your sales shouldn't be one-tenth of your marketing budget. <laughs> but that's what we were at the time. I was like, holy crap, this is not sustainable, guys. I know we have a lot of money backing us. Right. But at some time in our <laughs> lifetime, these guys are going to cut us <laughs> off. You know, so I, I was talking to Josh, and and he's like, hey, I'm going to work for Trophy Hunters. I was like, well, crap, I was fixing to cut him, you know? <laughs> I was like, I like Josh, so. It's like, y'all can't be pouring corn out. You got to fix that if we're staying. He's like, done. And it was like the best two years of trophy. I mean, Josh was like, there was no, I ain't kidding you, there was no corn. It was like bleeding BB square everywhere, you know? I mean, it was awesome. It was like the best relationship ever. Yeah. But he understood. He understood how to take, because, you know, it wasn't a $20,000 check, man. I mean, it was a big check. Yeah. I mean, it was at that point in time when I started Trophy Hunters was half of our revenue. Hmm. And that was just one TV show. We sponsored like 12. I was like, you know, it was truly unsustainable at the time. And uh, so I know I'm going to be as bad as John a little bit. I'm not rabbit trailing. We're John Hill up. don't rabbit trail. No, hey, John, I love you, buddy. <laughs> I'm not rabbit trailing. It's just a long story. So, because <laughs> I know he's going to listen. Oh, yeah. So, so fast forward to we took Zach, which Zach skipped out on us. He had to go home. Um, you know, Zach's been my best friend my whole life, and he's worked for me twice now. And uh, he's kind of my right hand guy when it comes to sales. But we'd never really taken Zach on a hunt. So, Zach goes on this trophy hunters. And it's, the only way we went is like, if is as like, Josh said, like, let's go hunt. I was like, you going to be there? If you're not coming, I'm not coming. <laughs> He's like, oh, we'll be there. I was like, good, we're having fun. You know what I mean? We're going we're to have a good time. Right. So Josh and Zach were together, and I'd been down there before, so I was with the ranch owner, you know, and I kind of felt bad because I think I shot seven deer on that trip, you know what I mean? It was just like, it was an MLD hunt. You know, I'm Arkansas. I shot like three spikes. I didn't oh, care. No. But we were just, he's like, hey, will you kill that deer? I was like, out of the truck window, kill it. It was over, dead. I'm just a killer. You know, I'm not a horn hunter. Dude says, kill it, we kill it. You know? So, we're 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 like jacking around because, I mean, I ain't kidding you. In the back of our buggy, he's like, like five deer, you know? And Josh and Zach were hunting pretty hard to kill Zach a pretty good deer. Well, my guys got this bright idea. We seen them coming. You know, they're an electric. Was it? That was. Was it electric? No, it was Kawasaki. It was, yeah, it was. But we seen the lights off. So okay, you know, we're only on the Mexican border, and these guys are like, "Hey, dude, let's let's hide in the bushes and jump out." 
I'm like, I'm sitting in the buggy, you know, me. I'm pretty laid back. I'm like, well, that's a little scary. Well, I just get out. Well, these guys are probably 30 yards ahead of me because I was on my phone, workaholic, looking at my stuff. No. <laughs> and, uh, Not you. And, uh, I can't believe you went on a hunt, actually. I'm kind of shocked. Hey, but they had Wi-Fi. I was there. Okay. That was good. So, I kid you not, and and uh, you know Zachary, all of a sudden, these guys are like, they're, they're hunkered down behind this big mesquite tree. And I heard, because I'm very observant, I heard the accelerator come off. You know what I mean? This is yeah. like, and Josh says, get the gun. I kid you not. You, I was like, I was like, I mean, here's me. These guys up here being stupid. They don't realize what Josh said because they're kind of in a ditch. I'm still kind of up high. He can't see me, but I'm in between. Josh is like, get the gun. So, all right. They were sponsored by Daniel Defense. So this wasn't like a Remington 30 out six. This was a freaking AR 15 with you shooting 6.8 SPC yeah, at this yeah, point in time. Like, you know, all of a sudden Zach's like, and you know Zach Zach's like dude you take the gun I've never killed anybody you've been freaking out of Iraq like three times you take the gun <laughs> I was like oh, I was like instantly it's like woo I got behind the buggy I was like people's gonna die tonight cause oh, Josh has got the gun when I flashback <laughs> but Josh thought that cause there was a bunch of illegal right. trafficking through there he, he's like they're not cause it, he even said he's like dude y'all weren't running I thought y'all were going to take our buggy <laughs> But as soon as Zach said, you take the gun, I've never killed nobody. I was like, this has gone bad real fast. Oh, my Lord. I was like, oh, I mean, so you know, we laughed about it later. But right. you think about it. I mean. You never know. This dude could have had a flashback and killed us all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and the funny thing was, I, I, seriously, because nobody, I could see the guys hiding down. And I could see them crouching closer to the road. Oh, yeah. Because they weren't as hidden as they thought. No. So, in my mind, I'm like. I've got guys getting ready to ambush me. Not, flashback, flashback. Because you know, I, I run into legals all the time. I, I mean, I, this is my life yeah. in doing stuff down in South Texas. And when they see me, they run. <laughs> well, guys don't run. I got red flags going. Something's wrong. Something's I, wrong. Yeah. That's why I said flashback. <laughs> Yeah. And you could see Zachary because they had to like the sunset. I could see Zach trying to hand Josh the gun. An accelerator was coming off. So I'm thinking in my mind, we're fixing to have Josh Kinzer flashback and kill everybody out here because he done shot people in his life. He were y'all care. filming for TV on this? Yes, we were filming for TV, <laughs> well, but there was better. there was nobody filming because it was dark. <laughs> there was just a skylight. You know, I mean, that, so he couldn't tell what we were. Right. So, I mean, but I heard. I, I was smart enough to hide. The one thing about it, those other guys might have got shot, but I would have survived to tell the story. I would have got Josh out of prison. So, that's how it was going to be. So, we laughed about that all night. I mean, we're like, you know, everybody's like, dude, we, that was probably not the smartest thing to do. That was a bad deal. And even Carlos, you know, Carlos is like, that's pretty what were we thinking you know I'm like, yeah carlos come on guys you know so how long were you texas trophy hunters before this transition with big and jay and swagger well if you if you encompass everything like as a writer and you know editor i mean i i was with them for it was like eight years hmm. you know so it was a long of course my role changed yeah you know throughout that but um 
you know, it, it was a long, and, and I still have a good relationship with those guys. Oh, yeah. And, and, and do a lot of stuff with them. But, um, you know, I, I think that if you if you go back to me as a, I don't know, I always go back and, and I had this kind of midlife crisis at 25, not, not your normal, but, you know, I just thought at 25, like, God, I'm pretty boring. I work at this marketing <laughs> agency, and it, but it, what, 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 you know, as a kid, like, yeah, I wanted to be flying fighter jets and and you know I've doing never, cool stuff. I've never had that. That's thought. why he joined the military. I've never <laughs> felt that way one or, time in my life. You know, if I'm not doing that, I want to be Babe Winkleman or I want to be Roland Martin or oh or, yeah. And of course, I'm I'm. None of those guys, you know, but I mean, Kenneth Lancaster, I, I just you want to be like them all. <laughs> you, you look at, at the, the amount of time you have on this earth and I don't know. I've seen so many of my friends get jobs that where they make a lot of money and they're just completely miserable. Yeah. Or, yeah. There's, there's what point miserable. is it? And, you know, right now. I look at what I get to do with my daughters and, and the amount of time we spend in the outdoors and, and it's just a, it's a blessing. I mean, it really is because that time I I can't get that time back. You know, if I miss everything with them and I don't get to teach them how to hunt and I don't get to teach them how to do this and that, I, d- I don't get a second chance. Well, you know, you right. talk about, so, <clears throat> like, on my background, I think about when I left retail. So, I left that old company. I actually, you know, I kind of cut a uh, blip out, but I worked for one other gentleman in my life. Great. Probably one of the better gunsmiths in the nation when it comes to repairing old firearms. Yeah. Like, nationally known. Learned a lot. Um <clears throat> helped him build a retail location that he could actually sell that was his goal he had a house he was a gunsmith he had a ton of guns but that's it so brought in the fishing and the, and the archery side of the business and then my goal was to buy that and own my own really outdoor industry deal and i'll never forget so so this would have been in 03 when he was getting ready to retire so you know me and my wife we my daughter was born. I mean, I, at that point in time, my daughter was born. Let's see. Yeah, I think that was the year she was born. She'll be mad at me if I got that wrong. Oh, but, yeah. You messed um, that up already. Um, I told my wife, I was like, this is the money it's going to cost to buy this thing. <laughs> she you didn't know? like it. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't that she didn't like it. It's like. She's like, can you go to bed every night knowing you owe that kind of money? I'm like, because she knew my personality. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know that I would have peace. Even though I want to own my own business, but this is a lot of money. This is a, yeah. a risk. And at that point in my life, I wasn't ready to take that kind of risk. Yeah. Not in risk. So my wife was still working on her degree. And I was like, I'm just going to, you know buckle down and get you through school and and that's where that opportunity to see you see you talk about people are happy i wasn't unhappy where i was but then all of a sudden this opportunity come yeah and i had to make a decision like 
and it wasn't like I didn't have six months a year to have it. I had a friend call me and said, hey, I'm quitting my job. I have an opportunity to take a better job. Would you be interested in this? If so, I think you're a perfect candidate. I'm going to put your name in the hat. Went to my, he's like, I need to know tomorrow. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, wow. you got a month to think about it. I need to know tomorrow. Oh, wow. Build your resume tonight if you're interested, because if you say I'm interested, I need to turn it in tomorrow. I'm going to tell them, this is your top candidate. Go talk to this kid. And that's the kid at the time. So here's a career I was happy with. I loved what I did. I mean, granted, dealing with retail people, dealing with the public, you want to throat punch a lot of people at the end of the day, oh, but yeah. I still loved what I did. Yeah. I, I love making people happy and what their passion was. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like a guy coming in and harvesting a deer with a bow you set up. Yeah. You know, or a kid, whatever. So anyhow, so I, me and my wife were having these soul searching. Again, you know, I made $25,000 a year. Yeah. <laughs> I was broke. Just yeah. didn't realize it at the time. My wife waitressed on the weekends. I mean, we barely seen each other. And uh, I was like, what are we going to do, babe? She's like, whatever you want to do. I was like, I don't know. I want to buy this, but I can't go to bed at night knowing I owe this kind of money, and then we lose what little we do have. Right. So anyhow, I just you know prayed about it, did all these things. It's like, all right, I'm gonna do this interview, you know, and I felt dishonest to the the man that I worked for at the time for even having the interview for even having the interview. <laughs> so I did my resume, and my resume was crap, other than '98 to to time '03. Because this was December, I was in the outdoor industry, and I worked at that time for some, and in the state of Arkansas, big people, you know, and uh, and then I had a really guy, a big, a good friend that's been in the industry, who basically put my name on top of the deck because it was his job. He was leaving, said, and he said, "Here's the guy to hire," and and so this guy calls and. I, mean, I don't get nervous about much in life, but this guy's like, hey, uh, I'm coming up to Batesville. I'm going to interview you. Does this day work? You know, so anyhow, I took this interview, and this guy sits down with me, and, you know, I told my wife, I was like, I've never been so nervous in my life. <laughs> it, this is this is like big-time opportunity for us. I stay in what I love, the right. outdoor industry. But now I have the potential to make great money. I have no clue what I'm going to do or what my job is to do, but I'm going to make potentially great money doing what I love to do. Yeah. So this guy interviews me anyhow, and I'm sitting here, and he's got a lot of these candidates that's got education, and I have nothing but it. And, of course, first thing I say is, look, I don't have a college degree, but my education is the outdoor industry, and you won't have another guy that outworks me. I guarantee you that. Now, first that's all thing, you could promise him. That's all I could because he said you got two minutes. So I tell everybody, selling a product is easy. He said, you got two minutes to sell me in yourself and tell me something everybody else hadn't told me. I was oh, like, wow. well, I don't know what everybody else told you. So I was like, <laughs> so I'm just assuming this thing. I'm, I'm just in my mind. I'm thinking everybody's told you how smart they good they are, how good they are in the industry, what they're, I mean, I was just thinking about, they was thinking about their expertise. Right. Well, I was just thinking about, I'm dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you think about that. I'm dumb. <laughs> when I say dumb, I don't have a college education. You, you mean don't, ignorant. You, 
ignorant. You don't <laughs> see. There you go. That's what I said. I'm dumb. You do not want Aaron Keller to write your emails or essays because you will fail. Okay, that's me. My wife was an English major. That's why my English degree or my English courses were so great. She helped do it. Yeah, my in class school uh, uh, grades sucked. My out of class grades awesome. <laughs> Because my wife proofread them. So, you know, so I'm kidding you. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm dumb. But I'm, I'm a quick thinker. I'm, I'm fast on my feet. So I'm like, at first, I just told him. I was like, look, I don't give a crap what everybody else told you. I'm not probably smarter than any of them. But I'll tell you, none of them are going to work harder than me. And hard work is what makes money at the end of the day. That's what I told him. I mean, just like, poof, that symbol. It wasn't even, he's like, he looked at me. He said, Chuck Manager, you're hired. I was like, what? What? Really? I'm hired? Holy God. I told him. I was like, holy crap, I got the job. Didn't you know what it paid? I was like, I didn't, I didn't ask none of that, but I went to work for a big company. So, you know, uh, I went from that career right there to where I am today. And I mean, you talk about in this industry and people don't really where we're at. I think that was the question. Is that where we're at? I don't know. Got off on a tangent. I did, oh, no. I did John I'll, Hill. I'll call there. you John Hill. That's bad. John, gosh dang it. I said it wasn't going to be you. Huh? I did rabbit hole. What was the original question? I don't remember, but 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 you know you talk about Josh's career. So I, I think started, I think Josh was answering the question about how he got in the industry, and you just well, you just kind of took over. I did. Josh <laughs> Josh had to vacate for a second, so I was killing dead air times while I was doing. But you know, so I started here in this position, and this was in two thousand and four. Here's a young kid at no college degree, and. I bet everything on a work ethic to where I am today. And I remember what it was about, you know, it's talking about money and all this. I've had some job opportunities. Oh, yeah. Like you said, I had this headhunter company call me out of the blue, which is flattering. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, we'd like you to submit a resume. I'm like, for what? Well, we really can't talk about it. Well, I really can't submit a resume if you don't tell me what we're talking about because you called me, you know? <laughs> That's what I told them. Yeah. They kind of chuckle. Uh, you know, I'm like, no, seriously. How did you get my phone number? Who told you to call me? I'm not looking for a job. Well, you know, so they throw this. They're like, well, you know, this is a pretty high-paying gig. Okay, so I'm just like, I'm like, let's just throw a big number out there. And I threw it in there. They're like $20,000 above this number I threw out. I'm like, holy crap. You know, <laughs> this is a big dollar. <laughs> but today, I, you know, I tell you, you said, I make, I can make a lot more money elsewhere, but happiness is worth a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That company, and I ain't saying their name because they're a big company in this industry. And I ain't saying I'm smart, but they've been through four people since they wanted me to put my name in this hat for this job. Four. Wow. So how how what's a high dollar paying job do for you today? If I'd have took it, I could have been number five. Yeah. Cause they might not want work ethic. They might you know Yeah. You know, and so when you talk about happiness in this industry and all that kind of stuff and people want to get in this and oh I love hunting. If you love hunting, stay away. But <laughs> 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 Well, you know, but I think uh if you go back to what Heath asked me, uh I get people and just this week I had two people I really want to work in the hunting industry. Like how how do I do it? And my question was, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do sales? No, I'm not good in sales. All right. Do you want to do marketing? Well, no, I don't. I, well, you can't just be vague and say, hey, I want to work 
Yeah. In hunting, you you have to have a skill. You have to bring value that you bring. Yeah. To and I. I and what it, about I want to be famous? Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> That's another podcast. But it, it, <laughs> but, but let's talk about famous because there's truly no famous. No, I've worked with. I'm not going to say everybody in this industry, but if you're a who's who, I've probably I would say sixty percent of you I've wrote you a check somewhere along the way. Somewhere, yeah. And there's only one of you I'm still with, as far as big names. Yeah. Not Thank, strutting, thanks, Aaron. Not strutting, that. but hey, there's a reason you and I are still friends. <laughs> I can't believe I'm not a big name. So but you're humble about it. I'm so devastated. But, you're, but, that, so, but think about that. I know. So I, I hear people all the time, man, I, you know, I'm so connected in this. I've been doing this for so many years. And you walk down you walk down a trade show. Okay, let's, let's talk about ATA. You walk down a trade show. Let's walk down a trade show when they're setting the show up. Yeah. And if you don't know anybody in that trade show when they're setting it up, you ain't connected. Just because you know somebody on the outdoor channel or a marketing guy at a, at a, a, a firm, you ain't connected. Because at the end of the day, that don't turn dollars. Yeah. Unless you know the buyer at Bass Pro, Tractor Supply, Walmart, you ain't connected. I don't give a crap what you say. Yeah. And that, and that's a true statement. I mean, like you said, I have people all the time. Well, man, I'm not good at sales. Well, let me tell you something. If you ain't good at sales and marketing, you need to go shovel freaking dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that's the only two options there are in this industry. Unless you want to be a warehouse worker. It really is. Sales and marketing. That's it. I'm not hating on a warehouse worker. <laughs> I got great warehouse workers. I love my guys. But seriously, I'm being. You know, I mean, there's these people that think they bring this. Well, you, oh, I know all these people, or I do this, I do that. I don't give a crap or, what you know or what you do. What kind of I dollars did you bring, or what kind deer. of va- Oh God, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never. Was it this year? That so this is twenty eighteen. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting there. I think I've made a statement this ATA. There's people carrying these horns around ATA, and if you're one of these guys that carried horns around ATA, just leave them at home. <laughs> Quit being an idiot. And. <laughs> I agree. Please so, stop. The first Just thing stop. I said is like, okay, these guys have no clue about what this industry is, and they'll be gone in five years. Mm-hmm. And now, everybody's like, what do you mean? I was like, they're carrying antlers around here because the only people they're going to impress is the other people that's writing their own check to be on television. You aren't on TV because the TV wants you. You're on TV because your ego's so big that you got to write a check because you think you're that good of a freaking hunter. <laughs> Yes, I said it. <laughs> how you really we feel? Have, I don't we have want gone down the rabbit hole. Oh, we have. <laughs> but how many? How many big? How many racks did you see walking around? How how many arrows did Aaron Keller set in a tree stand last year? Zero. <laughs> I took my daughter for 19 minutes. We shot the biggest deer on our farm. Not because I'm a great hunter, because we just so happened to be in the right freaking place at the right time, and she killed it. Okay, I didn't hunt. Why? Because I have a career, and it's called sales and running a company and making money, not costing money. Outdoor television costs 100% of the people in the industry money, except the people that's carrying them racks around, and they think they're big poo because they're carrying a rack around. But, well, I, I would almost say that. I know we didn't want to get on television people today, <laughs> but I am. The, the people that are carrying those racks around, they aren't, a lot of times... They aren't television people. There are people that think that, <laughs> and, and, and I get emails all the time that people think that I should sponsor them because they killed a, a big deer oh, yeah. one time. 
And, you know, it's just a <clears throat> yes. Do I want to kill a big deer? And, and I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I used to actually think that there was some sort of fame and celebrity status that came about if I killed or not killed. I'm uh, harvested. Let me try it again. When I was a kid, <laughs> growing up, killed. This is a podcast. This ain't national television. This is true. When I was a kid, I thought that growing up, that if I caught a big bass, that I would somehow have some sort of fame. You oh, know, yeah. If I got a citation bass, I, I literally, in my in my brain, I thought, man, I, I got the big time. I got a dumb question. And, and, and I tell you, now, as a grown-up, I still see grown-ups thinking that if they sat in the right tree at the right time and a big deer walked out and they killed it that suddenly they deserve sponsorship that's right so you're exactly right so it's kind of like let's go to the bass fishing deal because bass fishing is probably one of my true passions because if i actually get a downtime it's the peak in arkansas the peak fishing season fishing relaxes me if you're sitting in a deer stand what are you doing you're sitting there i think fishing i focus but i'm not freaking i'm not naive enough to realize that hey i went i won two terms this year on the circuit that i fished i could fish with kevin van dam no i can't at all <laughs> i fish tournaments for one reason because it makes aaron keller i got tournament next weekend i gotta go fish because if i didn't fish tournaments i will find a reason not to go well even though fishing is my passion I work so much, I kind of like to be home. But because it is my passion, I fish my little local tournaments for nothing more from bragging rights to be like, I beat my buddy this weekend. Well, hey, you had 12 pounds, I had 14, or vice versa. But I know just because, you know, a few years ago, me and my buddy, we were like points leader for two or three years in a row, but I never once in my life thought I could go compete on a national yeah. level. That's the problem with hunters. I think they go, man, I go to Kansas and I shot three 150s the past three years. Who gives a crap? I could go to Kansas and kill three 150s too. If I had seven days to go spend in the same tree stand on the deer lease that I had. Yeah. I don't have that opportunity. It's not about killing big deer. It's never been about killing big deer in this industry. It's about hunting. I mean, I shot a 156. Woo, big whoopty freaking do. Fair chasing. But for what you are talking about on the television side of it, and I talked about this with somebody last week, and this was something we need to talk about because you're talking about one, a passion that you enjoy. It's yes. not a career. Not a career. More of a hobby passion. But what I see, even in the hunting, let's say your passion is hunting, there's so much more to it on the television side than. See ya. See ya. We got one chicken out on us. See you, Chris. There's there's so much more. I was talking about this the other day. When the true, I don't know what you want to call it. Let's call it the happy place. <laughs> when is when your your best talent and your greatest passion combined. That's when you find your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So because they'll never work opposite each other. So let's say your greatest passion or your greatest talent is in an area you're not passionate about. You're never going to be fully satisfied, and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So if your if your greatest passion is being on television, that's what you think. But you're terrible at sales and marketing, and you're terrible 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 at dealing with people, and you're ter- terrible at how, figuring out how to drive traffic. I don't care if you kill a 180 every other weekend; it don't matter because they all have to work together. It's not right. just one element of saying I can shoot a deer with a bow or a gun long range. There's so many more elements of the business side 
that you have to have to combine it all. And I think people get that mixed up sometimes. They well, think just because I'm passionate about hunting, I should be in the hunting industry. Well, they do. You know? I mean, uh, when I was, I guess, 17, 18, well, that's when I was in that. I mean, I was I was in Nashville recording at a studio, ardent, paying money, like yeah. most TV people. Yeah, that's pay, a great example. Paying money. To go record. For the people that don't know me, music is probably my top passion in life. Yeah. So, you know, there's not many instruments I haven't been able to pick up and play. And you're actually really good at it. Yeah. Well, no, I'm running the mill. There's a lot of good musicians. I'm running the mill. That's the difference. I understand. But this is a great point. You're a great so, musician, but not good enough to that's make money. Right. That's exactly right. But, so, you know, we're just like every young punk think we're going to be the next deal. We were literally in Nashville at Ardent Studios, and, and nobody here knows the Ardent, but that's, that's Peter Frampton, Cinderella. That's all those people that recorded there. We were there recording an album. Okay, this wasn't paid for by any other company, but Aaron Keller's pocketbook and a few others. But we were young, stupid television, okay? We actually had the lady there approach us about ASCAP. And for everybody on this podcast has no clue who ASCAP is, well, Fuel, you probably, I don't even know who Fuel is, but Fuel was an ASCAP band. This was basically coming in and said, hey, we're going to pay for all your studio time. We're going to pay you a small salary. You're going to go on a road, and you're going to be something maybe if we sell you. That was the deal. Yeah. But it was like, I can't do this for that. You know, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll make more money than this doing what I'm doing. You're, you're going to pay me like $10,000 a year to be a musician and travel? And then when you sell you're taking all the dollars you spent to build me away from everything i made but there's people that sign it every day really because they're so naive to not realize it's a childhood dream it's your passion so music is still a passion of mine today i play it i play a guitar almost a every day yeah for fun that's right <laughs> because i realized real quick i could not make a living in that particular passion it's not that i wasn't necessarily wasn't as good, good enough but there's a lot of people out there that's better yeah. And there's people that are, I won't say dumb enough, but maybe have the ability to stick with it for $10,000 a year. Yeah. I, mean, I can't do that. So I had to give to Gab, you know, and I'm, I'm a sales guy. I mean, that's what I do. So my passion also was the outdoor business. And I didn't even tell you how I got in the outdoor business. It's kind of a funny story. <laughs> I was framing houses. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So I graduated at a young age, not because I was a really smart person, because my parents stuck me in school way too freaking early. So I graduated at the age of 17. And when school started the next year, I was still 17. So I couldn't even get a real job. So I fortunately had a company that would take me on framing houses, which I wasn't supposed to do, but they did. They would hire three to fire two. And I was the dumb kid that crawled on top of crap you shouldn't crawl on top of because I've never had much fear. You know, I was like. If I hit the ground, it's going to hurt. That was my mentality. <laughs> and uh, it was a bad winter, and I literally was driving to a a lumber yard because, again, framed houses. I knew lumber good, all this crap. Now, I was an archer shooter, and I was a hunter. Drove by a sporting goods store. This oil company is like help wanted in sporting goods. It's like, let's pull in here. This will be way funner freaking looking at two-by-fours, you know. Wham, here I am today. Kid you not, I, I walked in. There's like, what do you do? I frame houses. You hunt? Yep. You know how to work on a bow? Yeah. You're hired. I mean, that was it. That was the interview because yeah. <clears throat> that's where I am today. But that passion stopped me. I mean, I didn't want to look at freaking two befores and put freaking crap on people's 
Think about that. Yeah. But there's people that that's their passion. They're great it's their at passion. it. That's right. where their talent and passion combine. I loved building houses. Yeah. I didn't want to work at a lumber yard, though. Yeah, I got you. But I will tell you, I mean, because I was the only reason I went and looked at the sporting goods deal. Again, I loved to hunt. I lived at mom's house at that time. Again, I was 17. <laughs> it's like I couldn't get a real job. Yeah. So what I do the whole time that was snowing and raining and couldn't build houses, what did I do in the month of November? I didn't tree stand. I shot a lot of stuff, but I was running out of capital real quick. Yeah. And I was smart enough to know I can't put gas in this vehicle if I ain't got no cash in that bank. Yeah. And that's and, that, and that's truly how I ain't kidding you. I was driving to <clears throat> hip slumber and stopped off at freaking Reno's Outdoors. Really? <laughs> Wham. Career started 1998 to where I am today, 20 years. And you had a lot of success on the resell, retail side of things when you were a rep. Oh, Yeah. I mean, you rep for a lot of companies. Muck Boots, Bear Archery. Kind of, some of them helped get started, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of companies I help. I mean, you take a Hoyman Saws. I mean, Andrew Hoyman, great product, Battenfield Bottom. I mean, you take Muck Boots. I worked for those guys for Honeywell Bottom. I mean, you know, I remember in 2008, I was the top sales guy in the nation for Muck Boots, you know. Yeah. Everybody's like, hey, you selling so many Muck Boots? I said, freaking, it's raining everywhere. <laughs> what do you think? We get 48 <laughs> inches a year. This is easy. But that was before Bass Pro was huge. You know, yeah. You had Max and Fort Thompson, these big, big retailers, yeah. independents. You know, Arkansas was, and Louisiana was kind of that untapped territory. There was no major chains in there yet you yeah know, they didn't happen the past six seven years yeah so i had that last. i want i want to lead into something here but before we get there i want to go backtrack just right quick both of you josh and aaron um because <laughs> you probably crushed some tv guys dreams I'm right sorry, now. <laughs> So hey, let's backtrack. Before can, I, I get, can I say I, one it's thing? Because Chase has started calling me. He's he's heard what's going on, and he's calling me now the hammer. The hammer, Josh. The I'm hammer. just glad somebody else is the main guy. So now. Josh, I don't even know if he mentioned you what you do. We ain't got to that point yet. But Josh is overseas marketing for uh, for Big and J and Swagger, and does an incredible job. But so Josh, real quick though, before we get into where I want to go with this whole podcast, an hour into this thing now is what would you tell a guy because you hammer guys left and right you cut guys you bring on guys but let's say <laughs> the answer don't say the answers don't get in it give me what would you recommend a new guy wanting to get in the television industry or something in the outdoor industry maybe it's not even television so i what? think the, the the things you have to recognize as a as a tv show or, or a youtube show or whatever which i'm i'm open to look at yeah there's a qualitative aspect and there's a quantitative aspect. So, you know, we measure everything off of CPM. So you can go make the prettiest photo and you can go make the prettiest video in the world and it could be great. But if you don't have eyeballs on it, then your value to me is, you know, less than nothing. Right. So I think that what I see, and I would say, it's it's the most frustrating thing in what I do is I have TV show after TV show after TV show come up to me and give me a media kit or they email me a media kit and there's no numbers and, and you know that's the most important thing for us how many eyeballs are watching what right. you do and so I kind of enacted a po policy that you know, 
anybody that's listening, if you don't put numbers in your media kit, I have no responsibility to respond to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have time to deal with that. And, you know, I Because at the end of the day, your job is eyeballs on your it, brand. It's eyeballs on the brand. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to understand. I think, you know. Okay, so how do you – the, the newcomer coming in, though, that's just in year one or two with a show, YouTube or digital or, or TV – what is their hope? <laughs> I guess well, I'm trying to provide hope. There is hope, but let me let me give you how the 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 rest of the the industry. Not let me give you an example of how there's the hope with the Josh Kinzer. Uh, there ain't much. It's slim pickets. <laughs> Very less even with me though. So let okay when, when somebody buys a commercial for uh, the Super Bowl, right? They're they're buying this big huge platform. Well, they're guaranteed eyeballs, right? And, you know, ESPN and ABC, uh, not not this Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl before, had to refund $36 million. $36 million because they didn't hit their eyeballs. Yeah. That's how important eyeballs are. Oh, yeah. Every other industry is refunding money off of eyeballs. So, when you come to me and you say hey, I've got this great TV show or I've got this great thing. I'm, I'm all for it. And I'm I'm looking for new people to do the right thing. And mainly, the reason I'm looking for new people is because the people that I've worked with in the past aren't focused on eyeballs. But you said the perfect thing, new people. But here's the problem with new people. So you're a lot probably better to deal with than i am <laughs> in some aspects but you know, sometimes maybe. but i i for all you tv guys i'm sorry but i hate television we own our own tv show i hate television <laughs> okay until josh comes that's because, so funny because until so uh, you think about it in the past there was no way to i didn't know how to quantified as you use a josh term quantified you know and uh again because i'm a i'm a dumb hillbilly i'm 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 freaking learning this crap as i go i'm just a i'll i will outwork, just work i'll outwork that's you. true that's my i will outwork you so an ata show you know you get these people oh i've got the next best thing you're killing freaking deer he gives a crap you know that's my mentality so you're not an innovator what are you doing yeah, because I know that's what this podcast is about, and we've got way off on a rap track. Oh, we're so far off. But but it's it's so. Look at the Outdoor Channel, and Josh taught me this. Nobody else but Josh Kinzer, unless you're the top five, and I'm on the I'm gonna even there now. Unless you're the top one, I don't give a crap about you. You're from not, a from a sponsorship standpoint. from a sponsorship standpoint because you don't bring the eyeballs. Yeah. Why? So here's the deal. So you take. So what was what we look at? There's like on per sportsman's channel. Let's use them because they're a freaking tanking. <laughs> they lost How do nine. you really feel? Aaron? So, but seriously, they lost 19 million people. I mean, why? Let's let's be honest about this deal. And the people I don't want to admit. So let. So this is this is awesome. We looked at the top ten, okay? But when you really took it, it was the top three. All right. Mm-hmm. If you the top three are the eyes. So four to ten, there wasn't even no difference, hardly. Four to sixty, there wasn't any difference. Really? 
So why would uh, yeah. I pay for sixty thousand dollars a year when I can sponsor sixty for three? Yeah. Hundred. <laughs> I mean, so unless you're Pig Man on Sportsman Channel. Brian does a great job. I mean, he's probably the top Sportsman Channel show. Him and Meteor. And yeah. guess what? Meteor left. That's right. Why? Because he lost 19,000 eyeballs. million eyeballs. Yeah. So, again, so it's no different than our TV show. What makes us different? Be innovators. Everybody today, even Aaron Keller, can kill a big deer. Okay? You can, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a better hunter than you. Oh, let's be freaking Neanderthals. No. <laughs> outdoor television is about selling product. If you're not getting into outdoor television, if you're getting into outdoor television to be famous, go drive a NASCAR or stock car <laughs> because you got a better chance. Yeah. You but really you're do. Right. But he, you're going to spend the same kind of money. Whatever but, you do has to have and I'll use a fancy marketing term called conversion, right? So we know Michael Waddell can convert yes. what he does to sales. Best show we sponsor so, dollar-wise. A- absolutely. So everybody that has a show. And let's just say it's the most too, mm-hmm. but it generates, it is a proven fact. You He's, can back yeah. it by data. He Not just data. Okay, I'm in sales. I, I mean, so let's, I'm going to, Heath is an innovator because if you look at my catalog today, all 26 pages. <laughs> not that catalog. Not that catalog. <laughs> that's an inside joke. That's just inside on joke. That. <laughs> yeah, Aaron's still mad at me. because I, I had a 10-page catalog. Josh has a 26-page magazine. <laughs> Heath came in and made a four-page catalog. That's right. So <laughs> I'm an innovator. That's right. But I'll never forget. I, I had this catalog and we're flipping through it and they're like I don't remember who it was but they're like man these are great photos I'm like yeah that's Heath that's Brandon Heath Brandon <laughs> oh crap every freaking image in our catalog is from Strutton Bucks these guys are innovators in the fact that they understand that I need images I need product photos I need Content. Well, Josh, can you spell content for me for these people listening so they understand what content means? It is C O N T E N T. I don't give a crap how famous you think you want to be unless you're providing me content. You will never well, get my- well, I, I want to interrupt because I, you asked. Here's a big thing for me I can't tell you how many emails I get a month. I know it's a lot. That say sponsorship. <laughs> And I, it has a media kit, and sponsorship is spelled wrong. Oh, Jesus. Aaron like, Keller typed that email. I, and I, I'm not saying like, hey, man, you know, I, granted, I was an English major. <laughs> Me and Heath were not. <laughs> we were not. I can I take a picture, but, but I ain't spelling come it. Come on, man. you got to know how to spell sponsorship, and you got to know. Well, it's no different. you got to know that there's not a C in sponsorship when you're asking me. Because here's the thing. When it comes down to sponsorship, whether it be Michael Waddell or it be Josh Kinzer or whatever, the whole idea of sponsorship is who is going to influence the buyer to make that conversion. There's two buyers in that that nobody's thinking about. You're right. There's There's the the Josh Kinzer people you're focusing mm -hmm. on, and then there's the guys I focus on. I tell people every Mm -hmm. day. So you're an innovator because you were the first show – 
I will tell you, you set the standards. You got a lot of people fired for us. <laughs> well, so, but, it's be, but, it's, but it's because we focused on the bag. That's right. And blurred out. I don't the, give the a face. crap about your stupid face <laughs> next to my bag. And I'm sorry if I offend a lot of people, but I'm just being truthfully honest because at the end of the day, my brand is what I'm trying to make money on. If you want to take a photo that's got your focal point to put on your website, do that. I need a photo for me, you know, because that's my why brand. That's you're being paid. That's right. That's really? why you're being paid. And I'm not paying you because you think you're a great hunter. I don't give a crap being a great There's, There's 600 great hunting TV shows out there. Or seven. Well, now, there used to be 700. <laughs> now, there's probably, now there's probably <laughs> four or five. That's right. <laughs> so, I've, I've worked with, I'm going to say most of who's who's out there. And a lot of. People think they're who's who's. When I fly Michael Waddell, and here's the deal. He's a genuine person. He is. He's not some – I've worked with some fake people. This dude, I'd sit here, play get to me because he's a guitar player. I mean, he play some guitar, guys. <laughs> so is Nick and T-Bone's the same way. He's the only TV show I've took into a major meeting. And I'm not talking to a Mickey Mouse company. I'm talking yeah. to multi-million dollar sales for me. Yeah. And while I had the man in my car, I had another multi-million dollar account for me. Call him to ask him a question. Yeah. About a brand he's working with. That's when you make a difference. He is an innovator. I mean, if well, you hear one, the originals, the original. Yeah. I mean, Jim Shockey's huge, but Jim Shockey's like the guy that went and killed crap nobody could afford to do. Okay. Michael is the blue collar guy. He relates. You watch T Bone. Hey, if you go if you bring T Bone to Deer Camp, yeah. you better not have deer you don't want shot. <laughs> Cause he's like Aaron Keller. Yeah. I'll kill it. Yeah. Be like, hey, you shouldn't shot that through enough for But that relates well, to you the You shouldn't average. let him walk out in front of him, man. That's how I feel. Yeah. But that that's but the that relates shot. to that's right. Most people don't kill a 130 in her life. Most people don't shoot a 110. So that's these people, oh, yeah, I'll shoot 190. I don't give a crap. Nobody can relate to that. They think you're freaking high fence hunter or this and that, or oh, you're just hunted on an outfit hunter, or I can't afford to do that crap because I make $30,000 a year. Yeah. I'm hunting 15 acres, three days. You know, that's what I tell people. I'm in the industry. Yeah, I've shot a 156-inch deer. It took me seven days to do it. I've never done it again. Why? Because I dedicated that time, seven days of my life, and it cost me so much business to kill a stupid deer. I'm like, I can't do that crap again. I mean, I've never shot an elk in my life. I ain't even been. Everybody's like, don't you want to go hunt? Yeah. It's in my busiest time of the year. Yeah. Oh, you got to figure out, get your priorities right. That's called making a living. I do. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times? So, so I, t- I tell people all the time. So my daughter shot a bigger deer than I ever killed in the state of Arkansas. I mean, she'll. <laughs> she did. She'll never kill a bigger deer in Arkansas. Period. I mean. <laughs> And first thing out of both Heath and Josh's mouth, please tell me you recorded. I was like, hey, no, I am not caring. He, he, sent, he sent me that. No and I was like, I, I didn't want to ask. I walked away from it. I and knew. Came back. Did, did, you, did you record that? Like, come on. No. Uh, no. That's what TV guys are for. That's right. That kills the fun. That takes the fun out of it for me. I want to sit in a deer stand and be like, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> you know what? Or be like chase greenville be like i ain't got him we're like what you better freaking you get off. your camera on this dude i'm fixing to let this arrow go <laughs> watch this freaking 160 walk into the brush and I look at chase and want to throat punch him at that point in time you know but 
But it goes back to Michael's innovator. And I say Strut Bucks is innovator because I took my guys and like, let's come to realization you're not going to be Michael. Let's just let's I'm, be. I'm about to, my heart's breaking. No, it ain't. <laughs> and, but, so what we can be yeah. is content providers. Yeah. So we've always been that way. That's right. That's Y'all goal. were important to our company different than Michael. Yeah. So Michael's a partner over here. Strutton Bucks is a partner over here. And I can say, really, those are the only – well, I mean, but we, I mean, we got some guys that are back on with us. We had to fire them to get them back to where they needed to be. But y'all are the only two that survived the long game. No, you're right. I mean, and it goes back to the same – even in our industry, you know, it's like you look at what we do every day. Big and Jay, everybody's like, oh, it's a deer tractor. Well, we were the first deer tractor to do what we did. We're not Rice Brand. We're not all this other crap. Well, I've had so many companies come to me and want to partner with me, want to do this. Next thing you know, they're competing against you. Good luck. It costs us a lot of money to get where we're at. We got a great team, and I'm going to crush you. That's my mentality. Yeah. But we're innovators. You are. There, is there a place for copycats? Yeah, but you're short-lived. <laughs> What's that old saying? The number one, the best... I forgot to say and what it is, but are you talking about? Uh, well, one that I used, I, I love, is from Red Adair, who was a oil well. One that I love is from Red Adair, who was a oil well firefighter, and you know he used to say, "Yeah, I mean you can't you can't get past this. If you think hiring a professional is expensive." Wait till you hire an amateur. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It's, that ain't the saying I was thinking, though. It was the, that was so far off what I was thinking. <laughs> I like that, though. Well, it, it was the best, what is like the best form of flattery is oh, oh, yeah. that one. Oh, what's that quote? Uh, it's basically mocking people that are going to copy what you do and try to well, ride, he, he, ride your let's, coattails. Let's use, Yeti. Let's, use, let's use Yeti. So, this is a funny Yeti story. Because, again, unfortunately, I've been in this industry too freaking long. Not really. Not you really. love it. I love it. But I can remember a dear friend of mine was the first rep for Yeti in, yeah. the, in the state of Arkansas, Oklahoma. And he calls me up. We were working this trade show, this small fishing tackle trade show. Uh, I don't even remember what fishing line I had at the time. But he's like, hey, uh, man, you want to buy a cooler? I was like, what you got? Because, you know, we're always buying samples from our buddies, you know. Yeah. We get great deals in the end. I ain't paid retail in 20 years, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I was like, yeah, what you got? He's like, man, I got this cooler. You ever heard of Yeti? I was like, I've heard no Yeti. I don't even know. You're, I mean, it's probably 2004. <laughs> I mean, it was a long time ago. I don't even know when they started. He's like, yeah, man, my sample's like 175 bucks. I was like, $175? You're smoking crack. We, you ain't ever going to sell a cooler like that. Well, they do $600 million in 16. You know, I was like, whoa. Bumping a billion now, ain't they? Oh, yeah. They, they predicted to do a billion in 18. So, I mean, you look at that and you're like, here's this brand. All right. So, here, and the next thing you know, you got Arctic, you got Orca, you got Grizzly, you got all these people, oh, they're going to kill Yeti. No, they're not. Yeti no. is the innovator. Yeah. I mean, and they just keep on growing. They're the brand. I mean, it's no different. You take Matthews. I mean, Matthews Solo Cam. Everybody's like, well, they sold their patent to Bear, so they had competition. Bear sold to other people for capital. That gave them the capital to put put them where they are today. I mean, they 
they they innovated this so catch us if you can yeah i mean you think about it's it so awesome it is so yeah. and people don't realize like so the monster you know why they launched the monster bow and this might not be 100 percent completely accurate but it's very accurate because you know <laughs> i don't close. work for them right but originally matthews didn't want to have any other thing but a solo cam in their bow well the monster was this radical hybrid cam split lambo yeah you know they sold the patent <clears throat> pse <laughs> why'd they do it they want to make sure people bought it <laughs> and they, and they, i mean now look at you got the halon it ain't no solo cam yeah it's just hybrid cam bow why they made sure this crap worked before they put their name on it even though they started it yeah monster and you don't even see monster it's gone yeah because once they figured it out and then what they do they go by mission because they're like all right there's guys that can afford a Matthews and the guys that can afford a Matthews hat. So let's go buy a bow mission by Matthews. And then everybody that buys a mission has a Matthews. No, you got a mission. But that's okay. He, he's going way beyond. Well, not really. We're still, we're, but this time about innovator. No, no, being I an innovator. But innovator is a brand. It is. So, so I, I look at Big and Jay. So let's look at Big and J today. You know as well as me. Let's let's talk ATA 2018. Everybody's <laughs> like, God, how you get? To, how are y'all doing? What you're doing? Well, we're hold on, hold on. Let's set the stage because there's some, there are listeners that don't know. They know Big and J's around or whatever, but it leads the category. There's, we there's are no question. No question. You, you own the category. Own it. Of tractants. If if you think you own it, you're in denial. <laughs> <laughs> and we, if we need if you need to provide and facts, there are you. there are a few that think that we own it. I'm not going to tell you how I own it. <laughs> Just go. I'm not going to tell you how I got there. But go pull up. But remember, the I'm map not. I'm on the not, website. That's <laughs> right. Tellers. I mean, the, it's a fact. There's, I'm the uneducated redneck that people have said that. Oh, we're going to bury this guy. No, it's like Dustin. Dustin, one of the, one of your rep buddies. He he says you're the 900 pound gorilla. Don't act like you're not. You know you are. At the end of the day, you are right now. I'm not a 900 pound gorilla. <laughs> In the industry, I'm talking about a truck. The category we're talking about. I'm a 2000. But when you, (laughs) (laughs) you gotta have some confidence, right? (laughs) But when you, but the reason, but the reason you are is because you're the innovator. That's right. We're the innovator. Innovator starts. So at that point in time, so you take wild game and evolved, and I use them because those guys are good friends of mine. They were innovators. Mm -hmm. I mean, Acorn Rage was like, well, first evolve. Let's go deer cocaine. That's like still today. Now we're 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 getting up there like we might surpass the numbers they've ever sold. Period two, because we we've heard them. You're doing all right. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> but deer cocaine. Yeah. Deer cane today because it's politically correct in this stupid environment. But <laughs> we want to go there. It's another podcast for another day. All these freaking weenies out You're there. You're coming today. back on the so, podcast. So so you could be a little less blunt, man. So <laughs> so deer cane, deer cocaine back then. Not only was it a freaking phenomenal name. Yeah. Feed the addiction. I mean, seriously, let's play off this whole drug deal. <laughs> great marketing. Yeah. But it actually was a great product. Okay. Yeah. Still today, it survives. Okay. And it's still on the shelves. That's right. It's still on the shelves. Acorn Rage. First product with acorn in it. Still on the shelf. Sugar beet crush, yep. still on the shelf. So, for, for the years. companies that listen today, if you got an Acorn product, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's being the truth because yeah. there's already an Acorn product, and they kill you. 
And it's called Acorn Rage by Wild Game Innovations. Yeah. And it still sells today, and it outsells you. Don't be naive about it. Yeah. I don't have an Acorn product. Why? Because I believe in being an innovator, not a copycat. There's not a – then there's a difference between a, having a Me Too product once you establish your brand. Right. So you take Big and J. So we developed a – we started out as a company trying to fill feeders. We won't even get into that. So we're attracting today because <laughs> I don't want to educate my people. I know where you're going. Educate my competition <laughs> because I'm stupid. So <laughs> our product is unique. Now, there's people out there today that look like us that might have a similar smell, but they're copycat companies. And they can't figure it out because, again, I tell people every day, Pepsi exists today because they tried to make Coca-Cola and they couldn't figure it out. So they settled with the second best thing. Yeah. Everybody else, you're trying to make BB Square. You can't figure it out, so you settle for the second best thing. If you hear this today and you believe different, you're lying to yourself. You're the one talking about drawing deer from your neighbor's property. That's right. On your Long-range attractant. Where do you think that come from? That's us. Strong smell. We don't have rice bran in any of our stuff. Yeah. We were the first people to do the type of product we do today. Now, everybody's like, well, you got a liquid now. Well, yeah. Why do I have a liquid? Because I was in a store, a really big store, and we still are that company that I travel all over the nation, stopping every store along the way. And I had a guy that had a bag of BB Square, BB2, whatever you want to call it, BB&J for some of y'all guys that can't figure it out. <laughs> BB&J. Oh, yeah, we hear it all the time. And he had a cube, okay, or two staples. That's Coke and Diet Coke right there. Right. In the in the attracting world. And he had a jug of buck jam, which is evolved. Still a good product. Leader in liquids. Not going to deny it. That's the difference. I won't deny it. They're right. the leader in liquids. He's like, Yeah, you know if you, I was just like, Man, what do you got that evolved for? I just wanted to know. I wasn't, I'm not bashing. What do you got evolved? What do you got that liquid for? I don't know. If you had liquid, I'd buy yours. Your stuff's awesome. All right. So what I do, I talk to a couple of my buyers. Hey, if I had a liquid, he's like, done. We'll take it right now. Well, I'm about making money. But you also set that up. You were already, they already recognize you as an innovator. I was an innovator. Not so copying. what I do, my product is nothing like anybody else's. So I didn't go, hey, let's take, if you look at, most liquids out there that either molasses or water with some salt and some coloring in it. Ours is a liquid feed. True liquid feed. We use in the cattle industry every day. It's actually our secret sauce. I mean, it's part of our secret sauce. And we're like, it don't smell pretty to the freaking humans, but I tell, it's like I tell people every day. There's a reason there's 47 colors of brown crawl. <laughs> Because they want to sell you 47 colors of brown crawl when realistically that thing's flying through the roller real fast. That freaking bass don't know the difference between 46 and 47 and one. <laughs> Just get a brown crawl and go. <laughs> and the same thing with deer. Oh, Lord. We sell to the consumer. Yeah. Big and J sells to the deer. If the deer don't like it, we don't put it on the shelf. Everybody's like, I've been But you know what they like. That's the, that's another thing that separates that's you. Right. You're innovators on the cattle side, too. That's right. And it's we, massive. Massive. It ain't even like deer just joke, joke around. We don't wear <laughs> lab coats. We wear cowboy boots with cow poop on them. Well, and, and, you know, there have been others that have said stuff about, hey, 
we've got veterinarians that say this and that and you know the only time you go to a veterinarian is when your your animal's sick spade them and <laughs> that's not a good time to to start worrying about how you're feeding them and and i think what we do is you look at our our background with the cattle and whatnot we we have five phd ruminant nutritionists on staff that live breathe sleep and eat whitetail deer yeah and we're constantly looking at innovating how do we do it better and you know when you've got guys that went to school and studied that long and see what you know i think not only is it great to look at what we've done but look at what we can take from the cattle industry oh yeah but see so you know so like you're talking innovator from a nutritional and but we go one step further for me josh is from texas he's in the anomaly of the states that really feed i get this crap for cheap and i would use the word crap it's not crap but that's just how i speak yeah i get it cheap i don't feed i don't have time we're innovators in an experience my job today you hear these mission statements out there as we we've talked about i'm selling experience i used my daughter this year we hunted for 19 minutes i had not been in the woods at all except the previous a week of the friday i went and had the same three trail cameras that i had not taken off a tree from the previous probably three years <laughs> you know yeah. But I, I pulled my cards and turned the deal off. And I run yeah. good batteries, so I went out there, put cards in, turned on. I had batteries just in case. Batteries still good, run and go. I didn't even put feet out. Had a couple meltdown spots, you know, one of our minerals. And it's still, you know, it's still pretty warm. We're at deer hit that kind of stuff. Put some feet out because, you know, I hunt kind of off feed so my deer don't feel pressured anyhow. Put some stuff out and got the wind and 19 minutes done. <laughs> and everybody's like, golly. I'm like, but that's what we do as a company. It ain't, it ain't about growing deer. We're innovators in selling an experience and success to our customers. And that's truly, I mean, yeah. why do we do this? I don't go do this to sit in the freaking woods for 475 days in the next three years and not kill anything. I want to go 19 minutes and be done. Everybody's like, well, that was over quick. It was awesome. 19 <laughs> minutes. My daughter's tacked out and done. <laughs> I mean, that's the easy. It's done, you know. Now, I love the, the scouting and all that, but, like, Josh is, Josh is worried about filling feeders. Aaron Keller don't fill no feeders. <laughs> Period. And See, I live in a desert. That's right. <laughs> that's true. But, I, but our deer in you Arkansas do. eat rocks, so yeah. it's no different, you know. So, it goes back to innovators. Everybody... To get, and I look at these deer feed people and all this, and oh, if I'm buying deer feed, Purina is the cheapest thing out there. That's what I can afford to do. Yeah, I mean record. I mean, we're not in the deer feed business now. We we got supplements to go with it, but we focus on selling an attractant to make that guy happy, and so that's where that innovator comes along. And you look at the companies out there, and you you even taught me this, and you can't tell a story if you're not an innovator. Yeah. So what's your story if you're a copycat? Yeah. So but tell me about your product. Well, I've seen this guy's <laughs> over here. And I thought I could do it cheaper. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Yeah. But you still aren't there. I tell everybody, this is the best thing. Walk in your local Walmart today. All right. 
there's only one aisle, one in the whole place that's dedicated to one category. You know what that is? Yo. No. In Walmart. Oh, in Walmart. The whole store. Oh. One one aisle is dedicated to one category. What? The drink aisle. Really? I never thought about it. All right. Walk down the drink aisle. Tell me how, how many Sam's Coca-Cola you see versus Coca-Cola. And that's their own brand. Think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, so you look at every other aisle in Walmart. You walk down that aisle. The whole left side is nothing but drinks. Sodas. Not water. Not Gatorade. It's it's freaking bad for you crap. <laughs> you might as well drink beer. It's better for you. So, and if you look, Coca-Cola's got to... They're such that brand is so powerful. You don't see Sam's Cola people come in there and filling the I mean, Coke is in there filling their own spaces and doing that. Yeah. Tell me how many so let's go to the chip aisle. It's the next full category. Lays, Doritos. You don't see much Sam's choice and great value in there. Yeah. There's no copycatters there. They stick to their own deal. Yeah. But for some reason in this outdoor industry, because we want to be cheaper, you think you can make it better, we can do this. Everybody wants to be copycats instead of innovators. Yeah. And it goes no different to the bows. You know, you take, because I know you all shot prime forever, but that's an innovative bow. Yeah. Now, they've never got it off the ground, in my opinion, like it needs to. Well, there's a, it, that goes back to even even though it's innovative, the price points play a role in that, too. You can't you can't come in and try to be Yeti when there's already Yeti. No, that's right. So I tell people all the time, I am, we talk about this in our marketing and the dollar spend. I am the hardest influence person in our company. I'm not a, you will not sway me by making me feel good about myself, and I'm going to do that. <laughs> there is a value to everything I do. I mean, that's why I tell people all day, but like, you got a Ranger bass boat? Yeah. What year model? 99? 99? Golly! Yeah, it's paid for too. But I got a 2016 motor on it. That's right. You know, I mean, but but I I look at things, so Ranger is the leader in the bass boat industry. No question. Not even a question. I mean, there's no comparison. When you're you're buying companies and shutting them down to get them out of the way. Well, that's what I tell people. When you sell a newer boat, then you paid for your older boat because it says Ranger and the other one didn't, you know. I mean, so I tell people today, I, I've had newer boats than I own today that still aren't worth what my boat is today because <laughs> it says Ranger. Yeah. But I will tell you, I've fished a lot of these boats and they're better, but they're innovators. Yeah, there's great things on these other boats and all that, but they're innovators. I mean, Jeep. Yeah. I mean, Toyota's trying to come up with some deal. You know, granted, Toyota owns a small truck market. Nissan's tried to capture that. You know, Chevrolet don't even play in that world. I mean, so, I mean, you think about innovators, but for some reason in the outdoor industry, let's walk through, because we started that and you stopped me, ATA 2018. I had four new competitors. <laughs> I went in, uh, I'm not even. You ain't got to name them. No, I'm going to say they're not in competitors. I got you. But they had product that looked like mine. You know what their sales pitch was? It was my product for less. First off, let's go back to we're cattle people. We're huge cattle people. Big cattle. You can't buy it cheaper than me <laughs> unless you're Purina yeah. or Cargill. 
and you ain't either one of them. They might be manufacturing for you. We are the manufacturer. <laughs> Let's think about that for two seconds. You can't be cheaper than me. The only way you're cheaper is if you're Sam's. Because I tell people, the bag, the bag is the same cost. Okay, if you're using a one mil poly with this, this, this and this, it's the same freaking cost. Matter of fact, I still pay less because you're buying twenty thousand, I'm buying a million. That's <laughs> a fact, though. That's fact. All right, so. And salt is one cost. Cows die cows a cost. Your protein's a particular cost. Cost of goods is cost of goods. It don't. Uh, so I, you know, tell people every day. So you look at Coca Cola and there's a. Why is it creating a difference? Because they're already selling this one right here that does this great. Sam's Cola. The can costs the same. The water costs the same. It's pretty much all the same. So why would I create a product that makes Piss poor margins. Yeah. So Coke's over here spending the money, got the flavor, because you can't copycat it. Because why? Nobody knows the formula. Just because you can run an analysis on it and figure out what's in it don't mean you know the volumes of it. And that's where we are today. So in ATA this year, I had four competitors. I walk around this crowd. I'm very competitive. Oh, yeah. I'm super competitive. No, not you. you. I'm like, I'm going to bury all You actually like like competitors. Oh, I love competitors. (laughs) You know I, and I'm a friendly competitor. I'm the same way in TV. If you call me and be like, dude, dude, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I'm great friends that work for yeah. Centered. I mean, we're friends. I'm the same way in outdoor and TV, and we're on small side. Yeah, but I tell them to come on. I'm like, yeah, dude, there's plenty of room. I come mean, on, bring a show. I had I had the large. I had one of the <laughs> large. No, I know what you're getting into. One of the largest outdoor retailers said, "Hey, will you look at our." attractant section and do do a, a powerpoint presentation a spreadsheet on what we should get rid of in your opinion and what we are missing i didn't go through and be like oh it's all big and j no that's like all right this needs to go you got a b and c three different brands replace it of course one of them's mine but right but i mean i was very truthful and built it and they're like man you call that every dog we got and for the guys that don't dog is suck in, in in the retail world, they're like, "Wait, you mean we need to buy this product from them?" I'm like, "Yeah, if you ain't got it on your shelf, you're dumb, because they're an innovator. It's different for me. It's different from wild game. You need this product. You've got enough acorn. You've got enough sugar beet. You got chestnuts. You got all this other stupid crap that's just a marketing ploy." Let's, let's, let's stick to innovators and real products, and you'll be successful on this. Re- it ain't about, you know, you, you uh, on the retail side, and if, if people that are listening to get a retail store, and uh, I hope you understand what I'm saying, but when you, you go and you put a product at and you think, oh, I need selection, this guy's cheap, and I'm buying this, is cheap, it's cheap, you're actually selling your customer a bad experience because we're not all created equal. I walk into your store and you ain't got Coca-Cola. Back in the day when I drank sodas, yeah, I'm not buying Sam's Choice. Yeah, I'm not buying Doctor Thunder. Now hold on, I do like some Doctor Thunder. No, not me. God, I'm I walking on. Like it. It's like it's it's kind of like buying underwear. <laughs> oh God, I don't buy no cheap underwear. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> you go stand on concrete all day. You need some good underwear. <laughs> it's like cheap bras. <laughs> uh, let's move forward here. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Cow. Well, I mean, but seriously, I mean. There's a re- oh look at Under Armour though yeah 
innovator yeah. in the clothing market. Maybe an innovator in marketing, but they, I mean, they made some technical clothing. Time, define while we're on innovator what you mean, because I'm the gist I'm gathering by this whole podcast is be an innovator or go home. I think we can confirm. You that. have to be an innovator, and so, but that doesn't mean you can't come into a category that's already established and be an innovator. Sitka's probably a great example of yes. that. Yes, well, I come into a category that's been established, and we were an innovator. Yeah, I mean, so the 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 if you decide you're going to get into the outdoor industry because you can make your version of big and j cheaper and you think you're going to get rich good luck competing against me yeah and i will tell you today save your money because you will not beat me and it's and that's not being arrogant but that's just a fact and you know the dollars that's went into that's it right. to get it where it's at. That's right. We didn't spend $30,000 to get where we are today. <laughs> and this no. isn't year three. No. This is year 10. Yeah. 10 years to what we. So And to, people don't even know the process. No. Really. We ain't got to get into it. But prior to you coming on, and you've got obviously, you're going to give credit to your team and Jerry and Casey and all oh. the, you have an amazing team. But you've been the lead catalyst in what Big and Jay as far as the direction changing everything and it is now there's no doubt it's an innovative company yes to get it to where it is but none of this happened overnight no and you no, sure no. didn't do it by mocking somebody else no no and i tell people all the time i tell my wife i'll never forget i was like here six months and you know i left a very 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 successful job to come here i made more money doing what i did prior to this you know and, and they I, all thought you were crazy oh they're like what the heck are you doing and six months <laughs> in i was like oh my god baby i think <laughs> i, I don't made, know uh, i think i might have a career you know, bad, bad career move here. Six years later, I'm here, you know, and I'm going to be here another six years, another 12 <laughs> years or whatever until I decide, hey, I'm done with this rat race and traveling. But you have to be – if you <laughs> – Come back, Josh. Yeah, we lost Josh. We lost – We are recording this podcast late night. I think it's 11.30 p.m. and Josh, Josh is like – He's making his bed. Crawling towards bed. the I'm bed. Like, I'm ready to <laughs> – He's it's not, like bedtime. He's not a late night night guy. Like We've been we crashing are. and burning web discussions all day today, and Josh is fried. Yeah, I was on a plane till like twelve o'clock last night. But if if you come into this, if you want to get into the outdoor industry, television, or any let's let's say any industry, any industry, it don't have to be outdoor. But outdoors are special. I know. So, but these principles apply. It does. It applies. If you want to get into it. I mean, it's just like we've talked about businesses to get into, and like you know, no. If you want to get into something, you either have to have a truly innovative product product that solves a problem. Okay, it's not about making money. If you go into this about I'm going to go get rich, you're going to go get broke real fast. <laughs> That's so true. You have to go into this about like, dude, there. So you know, we got one. Uh, this product solves a problem. I mean, we talked about Dave Ramsey today. How did he get rich? He went, it got rich by going broke, going broke twice, and he, he figured out how to solve a problem. He hey, I'm going to tell you how not to go broke twice, like me. You know, yeah. I mean, that's his deal. I don't always believe with what agree with what he says, but, but he's giving you a plan right. that will get you there the safest way. It's possible. It's the safest way possible. Yeah, and the same thing here. I see these people. I mean, I bet I can count ten, maybe even fifteen companies in six years. That's a lot. They probably lost their life savings, maybe even their homes, trying to come compete against companies like us. And it's not like we're we're just an innovator and we're a leader, but we also understand what we're doing. 
But and you, you also got major backing. Yeah, we we got pretty good money. <laughs> and then that that's you know we got the out. smartest sales team ever. <laughs> And the best marketing ever. You do got the best marketing. There's no doubt. That's right. But, I mean, you have to. I mean, you do. That's a fact. So, I see these companies get into it, and they're like, well, everybody's like, man, you got 12 SKUs. No, we don't have 12 SKUs. We got 12 SKUs counting things that's got multiple sizes in it. Yeah. Why do I want to have 40 different SKUs in the attracting world? Where does that make sense? And they look at you, and they're like, hmm, I don't know. I said, and exactly what I say. It's called grasping for straws. If you're grasping for straws, stop it now. Yeah. Because you are going to lose it all. And that's the truth. I mean, I could tell you today the companies I've seen come and gone that thought they were going to come compete against us. And it's not that we've done anything special, but they came in, not as an innovator, as I'm going to sell it cheaper and get rich. Yeah. And this is not a sell it cheaper, get rich world. That's the beauty of innovators, though. So, I mean, Arctic's a good example. I mean, you could list all these. You mentioned Yeti earlier. You could mention all these companies that come along. Are they taking part part of the margin? Maybe a small chunk. But mm-hmm. if an innovator is an innovator, they will always dominate because they have you. Harley Davidson. I mean, it's always they're gonna. That's what I love about being an innovator, though. It is. It, there's no threat to me by anybody mocking what I do. You get these guys. Oh, I wouldn't have a Harley Davidson because it's. A, you'd be working on it on the side of the road. Well, let me tell you something. If you got a Honda, <laughs> it might run for 20 years, but in 20 years, your Honda's worth jack crap, and that Harley's worth even more that day than it was <laughs> when you bought it. Yeah. And it it'll still run. Yeah. I mean, because they were, they might not have been innovator, but they seem to be the innovator because, you know, there's Andy and all that, but they, they survived the test of times. I mean, they've done something right. So how many, they innovated the Harley sound. That's right. That's right. The sound, (laughs) but look at the automobile industry. How many people you seen come in and out? You know, there's four, a few of them. Chevrolet, Nissan, Nissan, Toyota, Toyota. Ram. Yeah. A few of them. Well, Tesla, Tesla. Hey. I, but that's an innovator. Innovator. You know, that's true. They're that's ahead true. of time, though. Ahead of time. Good to have you back, Josh. Welcome back. <laughs> Josh is like, where have you been? And Josh is like, hey, shut up. Hey. Shut up. We've been an hour and 39 here. Hey, we just, were, I just think, told you we couldn't let John out talk us. But think about <laughs> what an innovation it. that it took for them to get ahead of the, the rest of the market. I mean, they literally have to get – I mean, for them to succeed and for them to be where they are today, they had to talk parking lots into making charging stations yes. for them. How innovative and, is that? And, and how ridiculous, you know, because us, we're like, that's ridiculous. But they yeah. did it. Yeah, that's true. And, and in San Antonio, hey, did you ever as think- ridiculous as it is, there's literally eight spots on every parking thing where you can plug your freaking Yeah, you're not in. seeing those in Arkansas right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Look so. at the mower industry. Zero turn. Who was the innovator uh, well, in zero turn? I don't know. Grasshopper was yeah. a, a huge one. Yeah. And, you know, I know those guys. And the well, guys I'm from Bad Boy Mowers. Yeah, you it's know, your hometown. That's hometown well, but. the Grasshopper guys, I mean, that's a family owned business that's based out of Kansas. Mm-hmm. They and, were innovators, yeah. though, in mow with an attitude. Well, they were innovators in getting hot chicks. <laughs> that's exactly what they did. They understood marketing. So they were innovators in marketing. And there if, is that too. If you want to go that direction, they did do that. So, but there's <laughs> innovators, and you talk Tesla. I'm from freaking 
podunk town arkansas we don't have no charging stations for our hats you know so i don't even know who tesla is that's like we're running 98 rangers in bates that's right i got oh five but tj just, wrangler just think son about to, to innovate to, to make your product relevant you had to go get charging stations mm-hmm. in, in parking lots and that's why i said they were ahead of their time Mm-hmm. they were so go back though you can chime in on this josh you know a lot about sitka and what they've done but we talked about how you can still come into a category of business and just because it's a camo company they came in and they're still becoming innovative i mean speak to that a little bit i i would say you know a lot of people look at at sitka and and they and and give them props for their patterns no doubt i, I mean no doubt they they've got patterns that that literally have. Aaron's wanting to chime in with something. I'm <laughs> trying to let Josh talk for a second, though, so don't give him, him, give him so, three seconds. So <laughs> their, their patterns are innovative, right? Uh, for me, that's not why I buy Sitka. You know, and, and maybe that's not what they want me to say because I'm friends with those guys up there. But <laughs> it, 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 I have this little cheap pullover that they sent me. Cheap. Well. Now, yeah, let's back, right, let's back up. Sitka and you've cheap got this, is oxymoron. You've got this pullover that costs a lot of money that fits awesome. I have this little thin quarter zip pullover right. that they sent me. And I put it on, and I was just like, God, you know, the coolest thing, the only thing about these, I wish I had a face mask. And I pull the hood up over me, it's and got I don't a face even realize the face mask is built in the hood. I yeah. love it. I had no I you know the the hands uh the, the sleeves in clothing pull over i wore mine at the track meet last every night everything in every piece that they do they have thought about and they've literally tested out and said what do hunters need want and and i use sitka to think about what i'm doing as a marketing plan and whatever because there's so much thought process that's gone into some of the stuff they've done. You know, I think about my, um, my, my vest, my, my fanatic vest. Now, down in South Texas, I don't wear that a ton because it's not cold enough. But it's enough for me to get by, and there's a, there's a spot for me to put my grunt tube. There's a spot for me to put my hands. There's a spot all this stuff. And anyway, what what do you got there? He's like, hands are twisting. <laughs> but you said the perfect thing. There's two things. You said they thought about what they could do to improve. Mm-hmm. Solving problems. They solved a problem. If you look at the clothing market today, it's all been knockoff people, period. It's just but who can print they're the They're focused cheapest? on the pattern. That's right. Pattern and then the quality of fit in their mm-hmm. clothing. And like you said, the mask inside their hood, the covering the hands so your finger. I mean, you know, you keep this part of your hand warm. I mean, they took clothing and reinvented it. Mm-hmm. But on, it really did. But on the pattern side, you take a little company we got here in Arkansas. I knew where you were going. Oh, yeah. These boys were, they were the Tesla of the camo. They still, I won't throw this out there, and we ain't sponsored by any of these people, but if you take the, if you take Nat Gear, where you're talking about, mm-hmm. And you take a real tree, somebody that's got amazing shelf appeal, and you send them, because I've done this, this is speaking from experience, and say, get two or three guys, y'all take off walking through the woods. One, no. of, one of them will vanish. Well, so, but I sold <laughs> Nat Gear in 98 or whatever. Yeah. And it freaking sucked. 
Everybody's like, well, that pattern looks stupid. You know, had, it had no shelf appeal. No shelf appeal. People Zero. wanted all these black sticks and trees and limbs and all that. And I mean, and you walk off and it's a big black blob out there in the woods, you know. Today, digital camos and all that is the cool thing. Well, but you, you, you have to think about the difference of how you see it. And I think Sick has done a good job of explaining, like, we're not, we're not trying to make a camera that sick has explained it well to where we're not trying to make a camo that is pleasing to the eye at five feet because that that's not how life is with Mm -hmm. you're doing camo and and i'll go back to iraq so um there were mistakes made all over the place when it it comes to camo so i was in the uh few months after the initial invasion and so they said well they're we we can't have these guys in the woodland camo because they're in the desert. So let's make this desert camo, and um, all we've got crap for all our body armor. All we've got is the woodland camo. So we'll put the guys in desert camo, which is the tan brown, and then we'll put the guys in woodland camo body armor, which is green black. So first of all. The woodland camo, especially if there's a moon out, you can look down the street and see your entire team. But if you're an enemy sniper, or let's not say a sniper, machine gunner, whatever, and a guy's walking down the street and he's got tan on, dark color over his chest, his vital area. That's a target. It's pretty easy to target. Yeah. And um, as these clothes got washed... Where we thought, because it was pleasing to the eye, well, there's a brown and there's a tan, and that color matches what I'm seeing on the ground. You know, I, I think that's what people bought that camo off of. Like, well, this, this matches what my eye is seeing on the ground. But that's not how camo works. That's not how camo, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's camouflage is blending into an environment, and the best way you can do that is by breaking things up. Not by just looking at what's in your Not feet. by matching what's on the ground. Yeah. And going, well, that that's what I got to do. So when you, when you, just to you take about the outfit I'm talking, and I'm calling an outfit. I hate calling anything a man wears an outfit. But that's what they did. They gave us this outfit of light colored clothes, dark colored body armor. We instantly created an easier kill for the enemy. So we get past that, and then we get into, well, we went to this. The Marines, uh, as much as I hate to say it, the Marines came up with a better idea, which, oh, God, you know. You're not supposed to say uh, that, Lord, Luckily, we're on a hunting podcast. <laughs> probably good. But. There's a lot of Marines in the outdoor industry. <laughs> That's too, true. I mean, and Marines are people, too. Don't get me wrong. The Marines I, are I, people. I, I like them to a point. To a point. You know, but uh, – I'm kidding. I love all you Marines. (laughs) Uh, But the Marines did a great job of at least identifying two different kinds of digital camo. You know, they had a a more desert and they had a more woodland. And the Marine camo would work for any situation. What the Army tried to do was go, we will split that in between. We'll come up with gray and black and this will work for... And and that's where we came up with the Army digital camo. And that stuff, I'm telling you, it reflected, it, 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 it was, 
you you weren't camouflaged. That's copycat at its best. You know, right there, absolutely. I'm sitting here thinking. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Well, you you weren't camouflaged in urban. You weren't camouflaged in the mountains. You weren't camouflaged in the desert. You weren't camouflaged in the. You 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 literally tried to combine and innovate something by copycatting everything, and you literally created the worst camouflage ever made. Probably in the history of mankind. <laughs> and, and, and this is 2006, 2007. Yeah. Because with Sitka, and, and I got I to gotta bring this point up, because a lot of people say, well, Sitka is the same color, and you know, Kuyu is the same color. Well, what am I trying to camouflage myself? I'm, I'm trying to camouflage myself against deer when I'm hunting in Sitka and Kuyu. And deer read color in a almost black and white with blue being the most prominent color they don't see blaze orange they don't see deer see colors differently i mean they're basically colorblind and they see highlighted blues a little bit differently yeah humans have a full palette of colors we don't see so that gray you know it doesn't work yeah it just doesn't work and i think that what we've seen is just so much stuff get thrown down our throat by the eyes of what seems good or what it matches, you know, right off the the cuff or the floor or the couch or whatever. But yeah, I want to throw yeah. something in there because I've been thinking as y'all, you guys are talking. I think about we're, we call this be an innovator or go home. We probably should title it be an innovator have backing or go home nat gear they're a great company oh yeah like but not i'm not saying they hadn't put money into marketing and branding well they're they're happy with they're They're perfectly happy with where they're at but we all know if the right dollar signs were put behind that sick and this would have been this would have been years before they they would have owned it they would be the leader today they created Sika that category ha- 20 only, years ago. Only advantage Sitka would have had is a better fit. Because I will say today, oh, they they can't beat the Sitka boys. And I think that's what like they nuts. that's what they focus on. Oh, yeah, like the I mean, technical side. And, and, and that's that's the other point I wanted to make about Sitka. Because remember, I, and I do want to say I, I'm not sponsored by Sitka. I'm not paid by Sitka. But I've dealt with all the other clothing brands, and that stuff eventually falls apart. And I, I still have. I got walls from 1996. What are you talking about? Uh, well, we're <laughs> a little faded. We're talking about some of the higher end, <laughs> higher end companies. Yo, and I still have a pair of 90% pant and jacket that I've have called on barbed wire or whatever. And I, I think that's that to me is the biggest innovator, more so than the pattern. I, I don't get called. I, I the totally would agree much. with you because they're they have separated themselves on the technical side of. What they do, way way beyond the pattern. You know, because oh, yeah. you, you, I've split so many pants. That's like, what I was thinking. I, I, I've ripped I, the crotch out of so many. The first set of sick I ever wore was Heath's. We were doing a photo shoot, and I brought some camo. He's like, "You can't wear that." We're trying to be premium here. He's like, "What size are you?" I'm like, well, "We're about the same size." So I go put on this dude sick, and I'm like, 
<laughs> you might not get this back because this is like the best fitting clothing I've ever wore all day. You didn't tell me that at the time. Uh, I didn't know that till Josh called me. It said, Aaron's needs some Sitka. What's your size? <laughs> well, it, I think that, you know, and I hate to go off the rabbit trail, but when you talk about innovation, I mean, we talk about, like we talked about the whitetail stuff with Sitka and the, the pattern and there's the stretch and, and that didn't exist a few years ago. You know, when I was a producer for a TV show and I was involved, I mean, Sitka was around, but we were still dealing with other companies that were dealing with standard stitch. And you you weren't buying that clothing. You were basically renting it for a season, and then yeah. you were going to have to rent another. <laughs> next season. Next season. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got friends at other clothing companies, and I did a photo shoot last year, and within one week of doing a photo shoot, the stuff was unraveling. And I think that that goes to some of the stuff Aaron's talking about is, Hey, look, we're going to compete with this company of, you know, but we're going to shortcut it here. And there's just a difference, you know, it's, and whether it's, it's generally Yeti, not sustainable. No, you're going to sell for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're going to get those guys that are tight wads. I mean, I'm not even going to name the name of a couple of my competitors, but I had one to come out and like blatantly, I could have busted him for some trademark stuff, but you know, we're not that kind of people. I just knew I'd bury him in time. And I mean, but I mean, I was just being truthful about yeah. it. They made the statements. I mean, they made some slandering statements and all this. And I literally had one of my biggest accounts. Oh, he's an independent, not a national chain, because most most copycats don't get in a national chain very easy. And uh, he's like, "Man, I got to buy their product. It's half the price of yours." I was like, well, "It won't be half the price that long." You think they can't buy it cheaper than me? They can't build it cheaper than me? I say it's just like yours. It can't be. No way possible. And if they do, they won't be in business long because they're going bankrupt right now. They're losing money on every sale they make. <laughs> I know this for a fact. Yeah. Anyhow. It wasn't three months later after peak of selling season. This dude calls me. He's like, hey, I need a product. I was like, what's up? He's like, all these guys that I switched over this new stuff, they said the deer walked through theirs and ate the dirt where yours was last year. Now, <laughs> Sam's Cola, Coca-Cola. Yep, exactly That's the difference. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the difference. You you can cut corners, but only for so long. I mean, after, you know, because I don't, I don't. If so, I could tell you if I hunted every day, now I will buy a clothing like a Sitka gear for here on out. I wouldn't have in the past because I don't hunt enough. Yeah. But after wearing it, just even on a photo shoot, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Look at the, I mean, like you said, you put your hand through. It's like, wow, I've never seen a, got a thumb hole in it. I mean, it's high tech. Dude, I bought all my crap from freaking Walmart my whole life. I mean, that's all I got where I live. I mean, I've never bought high dollar clothing. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I'm. You like, felt like a superhero. Yeah. You? I mean, I'm like, I'm like, you know, you go bowling and you're trying to find that bowling ball that fits you. That's like me trying to find clothes that fit me right, you know. Like, nothing fits you good. And all of a sudden, you put the sick crap on. It's like, hey, these guys must be shaped just like me. They got it. Yeah. They figured this well, out. This, you know, I'll tell you something funny. Um, way before Sitco was around, but I, I, I ran track in college and, and rode I was bikes. Was you a Longhorn? 
No, I wasn't a Longhorn. <laughs> I know he's Virginia. My wife Tech, is. I know. VT. But uh, so Thanksgiving, I came home from college one time, and I was still trying to get back in shape to do some of the hundred mile races and, and biking. And I didn't have a place to, to hunt. Hundred mile races. You know, I, I hunted back in Tennessee, and I came back, and I, I, I'm riding through on Thanksgiving morning, and I come through uh, this little, you know, small place out in southwest Virginia. And I walk in, and I'm in, you know, tights. I mean, it's cold. You know, I'm in everything. And there's these two old-timers in bibs sitting there, and they looked up at me, and I come in, and they're like, man, I got to get me one of those outfits to climb up in my tree stand, you know. And at that time... You know, what I was wearing was absolutely insane. And you think about 10 years from that time. I mean, mm-hmm. Sitka is now. A, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those guys thought I was just, you know, dressed up like Superman or Spider-Man or whatever. But it, it is. I mean, you take innovators. I mean, you look at the firearm side. You look at the optic side. There is a innovator and leader there. I mean, there, there there can be multiple that's ca- category it, leaders. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to even if it's an established. I mean, you let's look say at optics. Yeah. It's very established. Yeah, but doesn't mean you can't be an innovator. Look at Vortex. Vortex has come on the scene. Yeah, and they had some innovative ideas at a good price point that people could afford. They took a different business model. That was the other innovative thing that people don't realize. There's more than being innovative to the end consumer. You got to be innovative to the guy that's freaking putting it on the shelf too. Yeah. I mean, and that's where they were at. They were very innovative. They didn't go to distribution. They didn't allow every Tom, Dick, and Harry to sell their product. They wanted to establish this. You had to be a premium store to sell freaking yeah. Vortex. Yeah. Kind of like Sitka. Yeah. So they, they had a different deal. They also had some innovative scopes. So, I mean, you know, you look at the same deal. You know, everybody, it's like, you look at firearms today. I mean, you don't see many people, I mean, coming into the firearms industry. Why? I mean, a 6.5 Creedmoor is a 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. It's about who's out marketing who to this point in time. There's precision people and there's doing all that. But but you go back to the optics, even 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 with some of the stuff Nikon's doing right now. Oh, that new freaking range We did it today. We looked at it today. You handed there, it to me. I was like, holy It's a very cow. established industry. But when you lock in on this new range finder they just had, there's no doubt. I've got a high dollar Leupold. Yeah. I've had for a long time. I was like, I mean, Kim, you was like, you got to try this. I'm like, dude, I, I shake like a coyote trying to poop a peach seed. You know, I'm like, over here. When you handed that thing to me and I pushed that button and it was just like, that's almost an innovative one-liner. I know. I was being very polite on that. This is PG. So, but I'm, I mean, I was like instantly wowed. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. holy crap. Matter of fact, I, looked it up on my phone to see if I could figure out what this thing's going to cost me because I mean it solved a problem because well, you start yeah. trying to range something four or five hundred yards I shake I don't know yeah. why but and I shake try three thousand yards three th- I ain't shooting that far yeah right. but I'm just saying when, you, a, when I, you have a product that locks in at three thousand that's I, innovative I'm not as good as John 
I'm not saying. I ain't either. I ain't trying to be as good as John. Even though I'm going to shoot against him. With John Hill. John Hill. The challenge is on. I'm gonna you know out, you're listening. I'm going to outcook B and outshoot John. If That's you're listening, <laughs> we are rolling on one about two hours into this podcast yeah. right now. And, and, and I tell you, it's a great conversation, though. I don't, I mean, I, you've I, been, I, you've been talking about this podcast, man. I've been, I've been like, we're no, kind of rabbit it. trail. I'm not pretty sure. John this, this isn't going to like what I have to say here. Uh-oh. Oh, no, close your ears, John. If you if you talk about innovations, um, I think one of the things that changed the industry was the Savage Long Range Hunter. Oh, absolutely. And, and because before that, we thought you had to buy a custom gun that had all this stuff done. And you had to have all this money in the barrel. And Savage came out with something out of the box that you could shoot a thousand yards on for basically a thousand dollars. So I'll back that statement. So the guy that I worked, we had a gunsmith, and he was known across the country. But he was the thousand yard service rifle, and you know what a service mm-hmm. rifle is in one grand. Yeah, thousand which, yard which open means sight. Iron sights. That's right. <laughs> 81, 82, 83, and 84, shooting in Camp Perry. And people would come in, man, I want you, what cost me to build a rifle? He said, buy a Savage. That's his first words out of his mouth. He'd say, you want to buy a long-range gun? And he would point to that long-range hunter with the accurate trigger on it, buy you Savage. I mean, and that was his deal. And here's a guy that builds guns. He's a 1,000-yard service rifle champion by savage well and it caused all the other companies to to now make a a, a more price point gun, you know rifle that that fit in that it, it and that right there i mean what what savage did combining the accu stock and the accu trigger and mm-hmm. and all that and, and i know there was a lot of people that discounted it at the beginning and and Savage made it ugly. It, it wasn't. It spent, wasn't pretty. Spent all their money on the barrel. They spent yeah, but that thing I have seen it over and over again, and I don't own one, but I've shot them plenty of times. I mean, I had we one. pulled multiple out of the box, got them zeroed in, and we're shooting thousand yards within an hour. Well, we always yeah. told people that gun will outshoot you. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, if you got great optics, and at least I mean that, it'll outshoot you. It'll outshoot me. I mean, it's like guys that say, this, oh, that swagger, you're at Hunter Series, those things. That's not, you, that's not a long range. It's not accurate. Well, what, what I shoot it offhand standing against my hip, 873 yards at range day, and I'm not a shooter, but it's just shooting. Yeah. I mean, sitting down, we was ringing steel at 873 on a bipod you can't shoot past a couple hundred yards hunting. People. We ain't even talked about swagger yet. Oh, <laughs> Not even once. That's because everybody's scared of us right now. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, but, I mean. It is innovative. Very innovative. No doubt about it. If it, When we got into this, if it would have just been a hair, another Harris bipod knockoff, we wouldn't even wasted our dollars. I mean, no way. We are a, we, Everything we do is innovative. If you want to get into this industry. I mean, it, it's even as an employee. Yeah. You have to be innovative about yourself and the way you approach business today. I mean, we're having to right now in the, in the digital world for marketing. Two years, that's we, all changed. We can't do stuff like it was done three years ago. Josh crushed my bubble like two years ago. He comes in and tells me all this, and we, so we fired like 47 TV shows. And 
<laughs> That's so true, but funny. It ain't like, funny, but it's I was true. like, so you mean I get to save a million dollars? Josh's like, no, no, we're still going to spend it just differently. I was like, oh, crap. But you're going to get like 10 times the return on eyeballs. Oh, yeah. What was that one time you showed me the – I mean, again, we was looking at that report, and I was just sitting there staring. I was like, so – Number six is only like 9,000 people more than number 60. And number six costs 70,000. Number six is free. <laughs> so why are we paying anybody in the television market today? Thank goodness Strutton Bucks was number one on the Pursuit Channel, huh? Well, that one time. That one time. No, but the, I mean seriously, Josh is over my. I'll be like, I was like anti freaking television. Oh, I know you were, and it was more. It, but then you were anti digital. Oh, I was anti digital. But it's really hey, changed. Me, I'm the silent partner in this conversation. <laughs> we were part. We were tag team. And Another over fist bumping here. But, uh, I, but we got to work together on this, Josh. We can get Aaron if we work together. But I, but I have been. I, I'm so. But I'll challenge you. Yeah, you will. I will. I love it, though. I mean, y'all were kind of being innovators and in how the di- uh, and there's people in this industry that say, oh, digital sucks. Oh, this sucks. TV's still king. Yeah. I still use myself. I gauge myself as a great catalyst. I'm not the early adopter. I'm not the laggard. You sure ain't the laggard. I'm not the laggard, but I'm the guy. I'm the middle-aged man. When I make my mind up, money's not an option. Yeah. I mean- my wife's not going to listen to this. I dumped a lot of money on Sunday to get ready for Saturday for this fishing tournament. Okay? <laughs> but I knew what I was buying. I did my research, and I bought it. I'm calling you Monday to see how you did. <laughs> it's supposed to storm if I not go now. But, so, as I started, me, getting more in tune with digital and this social media stupid crap that everybody's into, and... You finding myself, all right, so I've always been a DVR because I travel. Yeah. And I fast forward commercials. And I hate outdoor television because it's the dumbest thing on TV. And <laughs> I know that sounds bad. I don't even watch it. Good thing you can get it. I'm still trying to get back to providing hope for guys that want to be on TV. There is no hope. Stop. I haven't got Hunt for joy. Hunt for joy. Hunt for joy. Yeah. Have a YouTube channel. Don't spend any money. You'll be okay. Um this but is as totally debacling my whole podcast. As live your passion or not. There is there's <laughs> hey, there's a difference between living quit your, quit now. You can live your passion in hunting, but you might not be able to make a career. That's exactly right. That's that's the truth. I couldn't live my passion. I was smart enough to stop at the age of eighteen to realize, hey, I love playing guitar and playing in Nashville's fun and playing at Memphis and doing all these things. I mean, I opened for Jackal and Blue Oyster Court and Fog Hat and Mountain. I've done all this cool and crazy fun stuff, but I was going to be a broke sucker. We're the same way. So we're we're on the TV side. We're the exact same. We're a great example. Nearly ten years now, we've been in outdoor television, and we're not as broke as y'all are in outdoor television. <laughs> We're actually slightly profit, but we ain't making a living doing it. No, that's the, that's the reality, and everybody. That's where the perceptions. But all it's provided up. elsewhere for you. But it's it's set the stage that's for right. what we do in marketing. So you think about where we are today with you. Yeah. If we wouldn't have had Charlie want to kill Jeremy. Oh, that's coming on the podcast. So so classic story. So but and us honoring. That yeah yeah the biggest mistake you ever made. Yeah, <laughs> I mean just being. <laughs> 
Really? Y'all, y'all had integrity to follow That's through right. with what somebody Somebody mentioned. else that promised it didn't even work for us anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, but where's that evolved today? Yeah. I mean, so, you. I mean, where's that for you interrupting me? Well, I don't know. I, I jacked the whole you conversation did. up. But, so, I mean, it is. I mean, you're talking about TV people. I mean, my passion, everybody's like, was your passion not hunting? I mean, I love to hunt. It's not, I mean, I didn't even hunt this year. So but do I love to hunt? I would say, that, like, when I see you in deer camp, you you have a passion I to be I love to be there. there. Yeah. Josh's like, hey, you'll go send this in. Well, well that's where I'll it, just cook. I'll be all right. But even, <laughs> so I want to connect because this whole podcast is about living your passion in business, leadership, and life. I don't want to ever mislead people to jog down a trail they have no, no. business going down either. That's where I go back to passion and your greatest talent combining. To me, those two things have to connect to get in your in your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't know how to say it, but you can go down a wrong path chasing your passion that you're not gifted enough or talented enough mm-hmm. to, to make it work. It'd be like me saying, I, I, I use this illustration a lot. I used to play music too. Did a lot of music in church. I played, I played football. I was a pretty good athlete. Got a scholarship to go play football. But I was good to a certain level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think you have to look at that in life, too, and and have somebody that will speak the truth into your life around you, surrounding yes. yourself with good people. Like we all know, we all, we're all we good enough friends now. We speak the dang truth. You know what I mean? Like if it, I make a living doing marketing and graphic design, all that now, but if, if you see something you don't like, you're my client. I'm going to honor it regardless, but you're going to speak the truth to me. So you've mm-hmm. got to have people that speak the truth. You don't want to go down a path that's going to lead you to failure because somebody's told you a bunch of bull crap. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, that's where I'm trying to – I don't want to mislead here, people ever. That's right, but misleading. But there's also those guys that they're passionate about something, but they don't want to listen. So it's like, it's no different than Josh's marketing. He's passionate about it. I could give two craps less about <laughs> marketing. But I don't. That's why you hired Josh. That's right. But, but I don't. I don't. I, I ask him a lot of questions. But, but I might ask questions or do stuff to challenge or to make. I mean, be yeah. like, oh, oh, you know, let's think about this. Let's do that. But there's those guys that if you be like, hey, you know, why are you doing it that way? They be, oh, yeah, you they know, get defensive. The defensive. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's just let's, we're adults. Let's let's think about this equation. I mean, I tell people, you know, it's no different than when. I left a very successful company to go to where I am today. I had people say, are you, are you crazy? What are you doing? Those <laughs> dudes are broke. You know what I mean? But they didn't know the whole picture. Part, part of it was broke. Part of it was broke. <laughs> well, but I, but I back think, in, it wasn't I, broke I think, at all. No. I think <laughs> but, to, to, to add to what you're saying, so, like, for me, as I've gotten to this thing, I don't, I don't ever say that I know anything. No. Because I think that's the thing, whether it be the ocean – or my wife, the longer that I'm married to my wife, the more I realize, like, if I think I know her, I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. and They're crazy. And, and, and the craziest thing is, if you – You can pe- say that two hours and 11 yeah. minutes into a podcast. My wife knows. Because they too, ain't listening. My too many people true. to this day come to me and tell me they're experts on Facebook. And the moment that they say that, I'm like, Facebook makes changes and updates Every day, if you think you're an expert on Facebook, if you think you're an three ex- days from now, you aren't. 
That's, That's right. so true. Well, and it's those people that you hear people say all the time, you know, I'm I'm great at this, and this is my best at that. I, you know, me, me, me. We say it to me complex all the time. I tell people all the time, I walk into a room, and you don't know that I can make a decision. I don't want you to know I can make a decision. I want The smartest be people in the room usually ain't saying That's that. That's right. There's uh, so much truth. Oh, I blame everything. Oh, I got to talk to Casey. That's right. <laughs> Casey. That's right. Casey's a bad guy all the time. <laughs> I better not speak too much. There might Someday this might slip out and be like, so you can make all these decisions, huh? Nope, can't make a freaking decision one. You know? hey, the tour is rolling in Nebraska next week. But, we're getting Casey and Jerry the entertainer. Oh, gosh. They're but, coming on board. But where we were going, you know, we was talking about it, but like Mark and how y'all pushing me to digital is I challenged y'all on digital. Because I knew I was in that majority of guy. You, you know, were speaking for the guy that wasn't digital. That's right. He's not digital yet. But in the last 18 months to two years, I have slowly transitioned into digital. Not necessarily because of what we do, but as you start looking at it a little bit, because it is trending, and trends do trickle down, it's like kind of like peer pressure it is you're like, like it's like going to a party and you, you're the last guy not drinking you're like oh crap i need to drink a beer because i look like the odd man out so i mean but next thing you know I, I mean i'm a football advocate i love football nfl is kind of what i watch i know they want to get into that but i love watching the nfl not as much since peyton retired but i'd watch all of a sudden commercial come on what's Aaron keller doing Phone in his hand, screw on Facebook, not yep. Instagram because I'm not a photographer until they put videos up. And it's cool, you know. I'm, I'm a cooker and I don't have like anything outdoors on mine. I'm looking at fishing and oh, football games up, putting my phone down. Yeah. I didn't see a freaking commercial one. He's on your phone. Even DVR today, DVR, I forget the DVR. Commercial's on phone. Phone, 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 phone. My wife's on it. My kids are on it. None of us even look at that. Oops. TV's back on, let's watch it. We could have fast-forwarded and saved ourselves freaking 35 seconds, but, you know, nope, we're on our phones. And you are, you're speaking on behalf of a brand who sells sponsorships for guys trying to sell commercial spots. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Oh, no. <laughs> Today, I will tell you. This is not going good for the TV guy. Anybody right that's listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anybody that's listening today that wants to be in TV, you hope you will never sell Josh Kinzer a TV commercial. You will never sell Aaron Keller a TV commercial because it's dying. I mean, unless there's some other form of innovative, of captive innovation, innovative right, something, but I will tell anything you else out there. If you think you have a hard job today, the hardest thing I'm in sales. Sales is what I do. I'm not, I, I these guys, I'm a great salesman. no, I'm just good with people. We That's go, what it comes down yeah. to. I'm not a great salesman. Selling is just relations. But that's a bad face. But mm. I have told my guys today, they have the hardest job in sales there is. That is selling something you can't truly put a value on. How do you value a TV show, it's not a product. Is it a product? I don't consider it a product. I think it's a product. Let's argue. But how's it a product? <laughs> because you have a product. <laughs> this is our product. Not eyeballs. All right. It's our product. I, I so, all right, well, so you're, that's the only thing we got to play off what, of, according to but, Josh. But, whether you're going off of 
product or assets or so my product I, i'll tell I, you i fired a lot of shows that had a lot of eyeballs because they didn't put but, my product but you ain't there, fired there's me. two there's two things because i got a product there's but two you're not it's not the tv shows why we keep you nope but it's the it's the product my Remember, product is not just TV. It's what's associated that's right. with it. There, there's two factors. So it's, in my mind, it's a digital product. You do product. have a product. It's a digital product. Quantitative and qualitative. And I think the most important thing for the qualitative is you've got multiple factors. Quality of production, which can matter or it cannot. It doesn't. You know, and then it does to me. how much you're building in content. Because like you said... 30 second commercials are, are dead so in the the content of the show there's got to be product in her place so even if a show and i'm thinking of one in particular that we used to sponsor made this beautiful tv show and never included our product well then yeah. my, my qualitative value lessens so there's multiple factors in the qualitative side of it you know and i hate to to sound like a nerd, but you, you know, you're a nerd. He's, he's, he's like a, a sniper hey, nerd. This is college education marketing, and this is dumb. I'm like, these did not put my problem. They're fired. We're done. Josh, get rid of me. Josh is like, well, let's look at this in the numbers. So let's, let's look at this. We talk about being innovative, though. I, mean, I look at it from our standpoint. I do feel like we were innovative initially. This was nine, ten years ago now, six years ago since you've been here. It goes back to we've seen the same thing. There has been a, definitely a trend, and I'm not saying we started it, but I do feel like we at initial phase played a part of it. When it comes to content development, because we knew we never got into this to be famous. We could care less about being famous. But it goes. this is the same principle we're talking about right now with being innovative. You can't come in now and say, I'm going to take a picture <laughs> with a bag and my photos blurred out. Mm-mm. It's already done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It all that all the innovative factor plays into that. No matter what the category of business, we may be talking about Pepsi, Coca Cola, TV <laughs> shows, product on the shelf at Tractor Supply and Walmart. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one thing that drives me crazy is like, and I know they think they're helping me, and I know like because I've even got friends I've had to scold on this, like. You know, shows and people we sponsor where we pay money or product or whatever, you know, once they kill a deer, they feel like they've got to take a picture <laughs> with them with the deer in an unopened bag of our product. product. Oh, so you didn't pour it out, huh? <laughs> it, it, it that makes, drives me nuts. It makes no sense to me. Like, you have an unopened bag of BB Squared, did you, and, and, but that's how they've been trained to think because you know we we lack innovation in this industry i hate to say it but well, we, we are way behind the eight ball when it comes to mm-hmm. as a whole as mm-hmm. an industry and, and individually if somebody can stand out to me like i told a guy he was I, you know he sent me this i'll just tell you this conversation and he's like why are you not posting these pictures that i'm sending you and i'm like it's you with a big deer with an unopened bag of product like i don't that's not what we want it doesn't help me sell the product He's like, well, what would you want? And I'm like, well, I would love to see you and a, a, another person standing there taking a picture of a deer bragging about this, and maybe there's a bag of Big and J in the the back of the truck, or maybe there's not. I don't well, you, I don't care. You remember that? I want something real. You remember that photo in the back of the truck of our, that boy that killed that giant deer in Arkansas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the bag of BB Square was wadded up under the – freaking toolbox that was real 
that's it. That we were we were so excited about that. We're like, Keith, do you know this guy? Can we find this guy? I mean, we're like, oh, you remember that photo? I, I do. I was like, holy cow! But it, it, you know, you you think about a lot of these other guys. They'll go and get every product and take a picture of the deer. Like, I, I don't I don't know where we how we got to where we are, but we got to where we are by following the wrong path. And I, I'm, say, I agree. I'm saying in this industry yeah. as a whole. I, I think it's you because know. you said it right. Everybody it goes about the copycats. They've seen a few successful shows and I thought, oh man, why the hell? I can shoot they followed deer. some innovators. That's right. Oh, well, I could just a bigger deer. It ain't nothing about killing big deer. I want to go spend deer camp with Michael Wydell. It ain't got nothing. I don't, I couldn't tell you one deer Michael has shot on camera, but I can tell you the joking conversations you know, I've spent camp with Michael. He's genuine. I've spent with camp with some hunting people. that will be like, I'm I'm very open and honest, but I'm very polite. But I'd be like, if I had to spend another day here, these people are going to hate me because I'm going to beat the rear end in the parking lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're and, arrogant. And they're stupid. They're just hunters. You know what I, I mean? Have, I have been in camp with some stupid. of these people yeah. that were expecting to shoot a 160-inch think- deer, and they shot a 159-inch deer, and they got mad and stormed out of camp hey, how and many, left the deer. How many people shot three spikes in one day with you? <laughs> oh, Aaron Kelly. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, so how many how many no. deer camps prior to you working? We spent we spent a lot of deer camps uh, together. Yeah. I love going to deer camp with Josh Kinzer. Even was, though you cooked the whole time, was, but we drove all we we I got like we stuck we stuck Polaris's Kawasaki's. <laughs> we I mean he's got photos. I mean it it was it, we had so much fun. But that's what camp's about. That's why he said you know we can I came to Texas twice this year with him, and he finally convinced me the last day to go set in the dang deer stand. And, you know I didn't want to go set in well, the deer stand. One I didn't want to shoot be like because again. I did want to shoot a deer. Josh would be like, uh, I really wish you'd let that deer walk because <laughs> I'm from Arkansas. You know what it's like to be from Arkansas. Well, he's killed big deer. Well, the thing is, and even back when I was still working the nonprofit side, you know. <laughs> you all right? Oh, he's over here getting giggly on us. So I've always thought that. and, and John tried, knows what's going on. I've tried to. I'm editing that. <laughs> like it's not a it's not about a trophy and it's not about an, a, a score i use inches don't get me wrong i mean when we talk about what kind of class just get an idea of it but it's really the experience of it i mean you know the best hunt that i had this year um was a, a deer that we killed which was a great deer with my two and my six-year-old but it was an equal experience when I had my three-year-old, and we killed maybe the worst deer ever. I mean, that was probably a nine-year-old deer that scored 111 That's inches. Right. Uh, I mean, he was horrible, but it didn't matter because he's a mature deer. It was just an experience. She was so excited about it, and to her, and it, it was like the, st- the record deer of Texas. And I could feel I was so nervous when I had to shoot because I could feel her yeah. excitement about it. I mean, yeah. that was the most nervous. And, and and when I shot with the other girls, I mean, that was – they – and I think be, hunting with kids, which I've done so much lately, it, they, they help remind you of what's important. It really is, yeah. And, you know, when we killed the buck we called Piggy, <clears throat> the bigger buck, and I'm with my two and my six-year-old, my two-year-old is running towards this deer. 
and falls down three times trying to run to it. <gasps> you know, she is running as fast as she can to this deer falling down. But the, my favorite picture about it was when we took it to the taxidermist. I actually have a picture, and they had to hug Piggy, you oh, know, awesome. and, and, and get out of there. But <clears throat> to them, that deer, they don't know. That that was a 300-inch deer to them. Yeah. That was the biggest deer that was killed in the state of Texas to those girls. Yeah. And it was far from it. That's what I love about it. <laughs> well, but you said it perfect, so everybody's like, oh, you don't. I, I mean, y'all said it. Aaron didn't like to hunt. I love to hunt. I want You're to fixing hunt. to hunt more. But I want to hunt like my I'm own home. I want to hunt my own property. No. Nah, I'm not going to. Screw that. But, so, think about the first, actually, work trip we went on with the buyer. Uh-huh. We ain't going to say where we went in the nope. state because <laughs> we didn't do anything illegal because we don't do that because we're in the outdoor industry. But, this there's a hunt. Was it 135-inch rule? It was 125. It was 135. All right. So, you know, these guys are educating us. And I'm like, I'm looking at these things because, I mean, I can, I mean, I can. I mean, are they like walking out like on a, a runway and po- posing for no, you? No, 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 no. This was tough, <laughs> tough, tough hunting. I think I seen, I mean, I only had one deer in shooting. I oh, really? Time. Oh, yeah. No, no. This was, this was in the, this was in the Midwest in the, anyhow, so we're hunting. We got one of our buyers there and there's a whole bunch of people in camp and, me and John, our first first day set, but you know these guys here, they're. But again, there's a different size in Arkansas versus oh. a big Midwest. So you know, you're like looking at horns. Well, and it's not the opposite way. You might let a 140 walk because you oh, think yeah. he's 120, but no, you just let a 140. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna caution on the side that I might get in trouble. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and I actually. I'm on a conference call in the tree. That's how bad it is. But I don't have great signal. You work way too much. Well, but it wasn't like a serious conference call. I need to be on a call. So I'm going to call. And so we're sitting all day one. Me and Josh is texting. I'm up there. You know, I got my Bluetooth. And I'm like, hey, guys, you know. Everybody knows I'm hunting. I'm like, hey, yeah. I'm here. Just if you need me, I'll be here. I'm going to put it. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there. And I, I we're going on. And, you know, and about that time, I was like, okay, oh, I got to go. got to go. got to put Come in. You know what I mean? I look up. Here's this beast not rack i'm talking like body wise body looks like a freaking 400 pound calf coming off the hills like oh my god this deer's dead you know i'm picking up i ain't even looked at horns because i'm not a horn hunter you never saw been. the body though i was fixing to kill this deer i had him at seven yards i was like oh sure you 135 so I, i'm like i'm taking pictures well you know this is this is what well you've been here two years or two years ago uh-huh. i'm like i got my phone up in there come on <laughs> Go out, get this picture out. Can I kill this deer? Come on, somebody just to text it. Trying to send this picture. I got my hand up in there, and this deer's, he's just standing there, seven yards. Wow. I'm like, I'm just going to shoot you. I drew back on him, I don't know, I bet seven times. I'm like, last thing I need to be, I'm with a buyer here, and the guy from Big and J shoots a deer that's not 135. (laughs) That's all I can think in my head, you know. But I'm, this deer needs to die. (laughs) And, And that's what's great about the state of Texas. Is that we recognize that and yeah. we want to get those this, deer yeah. out of the... But this. I think that's what's great about hunting because you'll have people hack on that story Oh yeah, because he's, you're waiting on 135, but every scenario in life and hunting is different. So here, it's, it's a whole other experience than going and just hunting whatever you want. So I'm sitting there, you know how I it love is? it. I got my arm up. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. This deer walks plumb around my tree from seven yards, seven yards, maybe six. Man, I had him at five. I don't know. At this point in time, I could have spit on him at any given time and... I mean, he is that close, and he is big, beat up, broke up, you know, but nothing impressive, but just 
if he was on my place, I'm killing this deer all day. Yeah. Because he needs to go. <laughs> he lays down at 15 yards. I'm like, okay, come on, come on, Tony, get this text. Come on. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, sending, sending, sending. I'm like, please get out. About this time, this deer walks up and phone down. And goes, Whoop. you know how it goes when it yeah. goes out? Like, it went out. About that time, <laughs> now Tony's, you're Tony's like, Smoke him. We want him to put it against you. I was like, God, he's gone. You know, I was like, he's like, man, we've been trying to kill that deer forever. I was like, oh, I had him for 25 minutes around me. I couldn't do that. But you know, I mean, but that experience. Tony's like, would you have been happy to kill it? And I was like, dude, I could have freaking sat in camp for the next three days, not got up at 4 a.m. and drove. To go. I was like, heck yeah. I'd That'd be have been excited. a John Hill hunt. John Hill likes evening hunts. Oh yeah, this He's was like not a, morning. Honey. It was like two. It was like two in the afternoon. It was all day set because we. <laughs> what was there? Oh, that day we yeah, we, yeah, set, we set all day. We set two or what did you set three whole days? Because mm-hmm. I know one day it was cold, windy, and miserable, and I, I had deer bedded by me. I actually had several, but it was young bucks. There. I mean, but this deer, I was just like, I tell people they're like, man, Tony's like, how they excited you? I'm like, oh dude, I get excited about a doe. I was like. It, the day that when I draw a bow back, I tell people when a doe comes out, my heart's beating as hard as it is when it's a buck. Really? Oh yeah, not with a right, but with a bow. Yeah. Oh, you bet you. When I shoot, I mean, I tell if I ever lose that, you ain't I, going. I, I'm going to the golf industry or something. But you ain't going too much right now because you're too busy working. Yeah, I mean, my. Cr- <laughs> but well, I tell you, him and I, I made him go to the blind. He did one day. Mr. Coyote. Oh, and. Wow. But but I was no no not that day. That. I, we we went out and we had I think one of the, oh. my favorite year. Uh, we was, went out and we had one of my favorite days of hunting because we sat in an oat field and, and the rut was just really getting ramped up. And him and I sat there and we laughed our butts oh, off. Yeah, these little bugs. <laughs> they're like you know walk around position. They're like oh look at this little dude. He's got a lot of spikes. They're beating the crap. I mean it was so. We had up. probably eight nine bucks that literally were hiding in the brush around this oat field and every time a doe would walk in they would literally just i mean run in. i mean it was different than the normal rut yeah. stuff you see i mean they were literally they were like backing up into the brush and hiding and the moment a doe walked out just she had, no, she had no chance <laughs> <laughs> these does she couldn't even run she eight directions they were coming but you know we found walking in we found that freaking old mm-hmm. freaking you know a, a dead deer it was like you know oh yeah it was and, cool. and that, that's a good day uh, that's I, a good day that's that's what i love i tell people all the time you don't love to hunt you don't like to hunt you i hear all of my buddies i do love so my buddies a duck hunt i ain't duck hunting five years why i'm not fighting these freaking out-of-state people in the state of arkansas on the public ground y'all don't know how to duck hunt you don't know how to call ducks you think you can shoot them at the top of the timber with steel shot flying fast no you can't come get in my hole we'll shoot them on the water we'll be done by 9 15 everybody's gone and we don't get in a fist fight at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, that's why I quit duck hunting because it turned into people fist fighting out there because you wanted to kill everybody in the day. In public ground, everybody oh, fighting for the hole. Fighting for the hole. Got got these fast boats and kids that don't know what, no respect. But I, I love <laughs> that's another story. Maybe this day. podcast should be called Blunt. Blunt. But Not the smoke. Just Aaron Keller Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody thinks I'm this big so, a hole, you know. I have a question. Oh, gosh. Oh, host us, Josh. Tell us what you got. Can we end this podcast? <laughs> but this is a great conversation. We're, this is like three podcasts cut into one. This we're is, at 2.31 right now. Are and you I that tired? Even, and I'm I, ready to climb into bed. And I haven't even done an intro yet. <laughs> 
We've not even got into we, your story. We, we, well, we're oh. going to have to do another <laughs> podcast. Like it's, well, we're going to cut this into segments okay. of three. We'll do it in Nebraska next week. He's not going to be there. Well, then we got to do it tonight. Oh, son. So, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get us into this Josh Kinzer stories. This is the greatest Josh this, Kinzer. Somebody, story. if you're you listening, did, and the only reason we're getting his story because Heath didn't realize it till this morning. I but, didn't. Yeah, he's like, no onions. What? I was like, oh, well, we got to tell that story. Yeah, so, this is good story. So, you know, Josh is Josh is you know he's a veteran. We appreciate his service. So we get into this deal, and we're I don't even know how we got in this conversation. We was talking about. I was like, you know, I asked war stories of josh telling all these cool things you know like man he's been blown up you're like what's the closest you've been to death i'm thinking you're gonna tell us this like you know fallujah deal like you know you had this crazy sniper shot your arm off deal and tell us the near-death story that happened in texas josh Uh, so okay (laughs) yeah the the worst situation i've ever been in is was not in combat and um which was was even more disappointing as it was going on. So, uh, to start from it, uh, my wife was f- five months pregnant with our first kid, and and um, she she had gone hunting. And my, my wife's a big fisherman, or my wife does a lot of fishing. She she loves fishing, and her first animals that that she ever killed were when we got this great deal to go to Africa. But she, she didn't have a whitetail, and we were on a lease up in Blanco in Texas, and um, she wanted to get her first whitetail. <clears throat> so it was the Sunday. It was the last Sunday. It was the last day in deer season in Texas at, at that time. And she kills a little eight-point, and you know, it was a great eight-point to get out. He, w- he wasn't going to be too much, and, and it was a great deer for her to grab, and she was very proud of it and you know she's got a big old pregnant belly and she's all excited so uh me and my friends uh the other josh and and kelly we get everything caped out and we we put the the deer hanging in the head we put the deer head and the cape hanging in the cooler so this is on sunday and the reason that we didn't take it to the taxidermist was they were closed at this time and you know, so I just said, oh, I'll come back next week and and do that. So, oh, go ahead if you need to. So, it was a Tuesday. The Tuesday right after this this happened. And uh, the way fate had it was I had a conference call that was canceled. And then I had another meeting that was canceled. And I had this sort of void in time. Where I was like, oh, well, I can run out to go grab her deer head and get it back to the taxidermist. I didn't tell anybody where I was going. Because this was a simple... Run to deer camp, grab a deer head. This is going south quick. This this isn't going to, you know. Now, before anybody asked about, why didn't I use my cell phone? (laughs) Like, it was down in this little hole, and so we actually had a house phone... Cell no cell service. No cell service. Cell service works. We still have no cell service and crap. Cell service yeah. sucks. It, 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 we can talk on yeah. the moon, though. That's right. So, um, not in my so, house. So we think. <laughs> so we think. The, the way it happened is I walked in and it was a homemade deer cooler. And I opened the door and I went to go grab the deer head. Now, you could just kind of push the door open and, you know, the way the hinges were, it would stay open. We had a little bit of a different wind blowing that day. And 
I went to go grab the deer head and walk out and I would have been done, but it was zip tied up to the, you know, it was trying to hang it. So it didn't, you know, it, it dripped properly and dried out. So it's like, Oh, I don't have a knife. And I look down and I walk back to the cooler door. And as I'm walking, I remember watching that thing slam shut oh no in front of me this is not a commercial and it opens from the inside <laughs> yeah and it, it it slammed shut and i tried to put my foot up and i was worried about it but i mean it slammed so hard that it broke the inside safety latch off oh it did have a safety it latch. had a safety latch and that thing completely broke as it slammed i didn't have the light on you know, I didn't have any. The light on. switches outside. The light switches outside. Pitch dark. Pitch dark. Wow. So my first, uh, you know, I, I freaked out at first, like punched, kicked, and like really just. And you've been out. in combat. Did you freak uh, out in combat? No, this was. <laughs> this was different. This was like that, you, I, you really thought you would in die combat. Here. I can go jump and hide behind a, a hill or a house. No, I, I got nowhere to go. I'm in a box. <laughs> Coffin coffin that's where i'm at my coffin and uh when i really started pushing and kicking i started getting really really lightheaded and i was like oh my god i can't there's no oxygen in here so i had to be really careful about it and i found uh uh, kelly had shot a spike you know a couple weeks before and i was able to to wedge that up in the top corner and at least get some oxygen in so I thought, gosh, nobody knows where I am. You know, I'm going to be here for. So I started thinking of, what do I got to do? I, one, I got to make a, a a sign to let people know I'm in here. So I, I was able to rip off a piece of board, you know. And this was an old. This wasn't made out of like metal. It was an old. It was made out of oak. You got to think there was there was metal on the outside, styrofoam on the outside. Then there was a two by six that was flat, and then there was a two by six that was turn perpendicular to that a two by six flat again and then styrofoam and wood well this cooler was made in like 1982 (laughs) so you're talking about 10 inches of oak in between styrofoam and metal that's been wet for many many years and guess what that doesn't cut easily and so essentially as it's happening I'm trying to go stay as calm as I can. I made a distress signal, got some of this stuff peeled off, got it out of that corner where I had the spike, you know, wrapped a plastic bag around it. And the only thing in this cooler was a bag of potatoes and a bag of onions. And I did not like onions prior. Prior. I I did not like onions. Well, I know, you know, potatoes are something you can never eat in a survival situation unless you cook. Because if you eat a potato raw, it it actually will completely run through you and give you, you know, the runs and it, it can it can kill you. So, my I I was planning on I might be here 3-4 days. So, every couple hours I would take a bite of onion for water and for whatever oh, I could get out no. of it. And so, yeah, taking just bites of raw onion was not. This is all making sense to me now. (laughs) Now you you know why. I know why. I'm trying to saute some onion for a burger. (laughs) He's like, I'm good, dude. So I'm gonna fast forward. I mean, basically, I I worked hard. I would I would take these meat hooks and try to dig through, which in the end, 
I, I didn't do much damage at all. Um, and it was so hard with so little oxygen, I would literally have to take, you know, about two minutes work, about five minutes rest. And, you know, somewhere in the, in the midst of this, um, I'm leaning against the door to try to get more light in and the door opens. Now I will tell you that it was seven hours and 45 minutes later after I'd been locked in there. The owner, who I'd never met, came there to feed a cat, and he saw that our trailblazer was there, and he was like, oh, man, he was worried he was screwing somebody's hunt up. So he left. He just literally turned around and left. And there was a gate right up there, so he he pushes the button. He's waiting for the gate to open, and the cat that he was going to feed ran in front of his truck. And he got out to feed that cat, and he heard thump, 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 and he thought that the the fan was broken at the back of the the cooler so he walks down there and first thing he sees is my distress signal with the you know it's a white bag coming out of that so he runs down there and you know he opens the door and of course i fall out and i lay up on the ground i'm looking up at this guy (laughs) who's a farmer in central texas he's an angel yeah he's got this big huge mustache and you know and i'm like And he goes, he's, I'll never forget, he looks at me, he goes, son, tell me right now, do I need to call the ambulance? <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Oh, God. And he was like, what do you need? And I was like, water. And he goes and runs off to his truck, and he comes back, and he's like, I don't have any water, but I got these two shiner box. <laughs> <laughs> you drank them too, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Holy it God. was water. Yeah, and so, you know, at, at about this, the last couple of hours, my wife had realized – that some stuff was because I worked with her at the time and, and I didn't show up to a conference call that we were both supposed to be on and nobody could kind of find me. It, it, so it, people were starting to put the dots together that someone, Hey, right. Josh is missing. Yeah, you know, Josh never not shows up. It, it's something's wrong. And so, uh, the other people are good friends, Josh and Tammy that were out on that lease with us. You know, they were actually heading out to the lease to see, if I was out there that so anyway so I get back home and um you know my wife she's pregnant she's five months just a little bit emotional and she she runs and she's hugging me and she's just kind of like crying she's like why do you why do you smell like onions (laughs) holy cow that's all making sense to me now yeah it's a great story. <laughs> but, see, unbelievable. but see, he made one statement there, and this is a podcast for another day. <laughs> if he had no work ethic, <laughs> he would have died. <laughs> nobody would have looked. Well, the farmer. <laughs> the but, farmer. But nobody would have looked for you and be like, ah, Josh, ah, he screws up all the time. He's probably asleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Think about that. Podcast for another day. That uh, is true. Work ethic. But it was, I mean, I'm telling you, that was – of all the the yeah. bullets that have been fired at me, that was probably the. Cl- I mean, and you know, I had a professor in college, and and he always talked about how his first assignment was he would have he would divide the room in half, and he would have the girls write their obituary, and he'd have the guys, and the girls would always write these obituaries about oh well, 
you know, I lived to be a hundred and died and my grandkids and, and the guys would be like, I was killed by a bear. I was killed by a tiger. I was killed by a, you know, and so here I am like, oh my God, I have been shot. I've been blown up eight times. I've been poison gassed. <laughs> no, die I'm going to die in a deer cooler in Blanco. Like it's bull, man. That's right. <laughs> Raw onions. Cow. So. But isn't that funny? One of these days, you have to tell the asparagus story because that is funny. We'll do that in Nebraska on next, this next. Well, he's trip. not going to be in Nebraska. Damn it! Come on, Josh, come to Nebraska. We'll, we'll redo. We'll redo. Some. Oh, I can't. I, I have a feeling we're going to have more opportunities. The asparagus is, is it good? <laughs> it's a good one. Oh yeah, we need to, we we need to hold out on asparagus because we're two forty five in. Yeah. Well, you, you're gonna have to do a lot of editing. No, I'm pretty good. Man. We can split this into three sessions. No. You were just graphing about the hour and 20 minute one with John. Well, I'll never be able to listen to this. <laughs> this is made for when you're driving but I, I'm to Nebraska. The, <laughs> it has to be on a Sunday when my phone's not ringing. And you have a nine-hour trip. You can listen to the podcast. Oh, gosh. Well, the whole goal of this podcast was to be an innovator or go home. That was kind of the idea. I don't know if we covered that or not. We talked about it for three or four minutes. Right? <laughs> Of the two fifty, <laughs> we we uh, we hey, this not, is the longest podcast. Maybe we might be Genesis Book of World Guinness Book of World Records. And not only can we we rabbit trail better than John Hill, <laughs> John D. John I know you're listening. D. Hill. Actually, if you're listening, John, text me because you're not listening. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> So we awesome. might need to put out a coupon code for a sweet free swagger bipod. That's right. If you listen that. Two forty six. That's right. <laughs> coupon code. This is what we joke about the three people that listen to our podcast That's all right. the time. That's right. This won't cost any money. Coupon code <laughs> podcast. We're creating the wasted coupon. time. <laughs> Twenty eighteen. Free bipod. Just type in the. Code. All right. Let's wrap it up. Any final thoughts on being innovator or go home? I think that. Um, you know, I, I think we touched on on a little bit, but really, I think not just for our industry, but I think that's that's life now. I agree. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, there there's there's too much going on. There's too much that's happening too fast for for people to just be lazy and and think that hey, I'm entitled to this job or I'm entitled to this position or I can. You know, you've got to be able to bring something to the table every day. And you've got to be able to study, know, and realize that life is changing fast. And, you know, when you're in that innovator position, it doesn't stop on day one. It's, I think that's the biggest thing. And, And I see a lot of people that are great at doing that. And I see a lot of people that had a great idea one time and try to rest their laurels on it. And don't work out. It doesn't work out for them. Well, you, like you said, you know, to be an innovator means you got to adapt. People that think they're the smartest person in the room are not innovators. They're copycats. They are. They really are. Innovators don't think they're the smartest. They don't try to improve the mousetrap. They really don't. And so that, that leads me to, though, I'm, I'm thinking from the guy who thinks he is, an, or he wants to be, maybe not thinks he is, but wants to be the humble guy that wants to be an innovator. I mean, it, it, let's be honest. It's hard to find anything in our industry that hadn't been done at some level. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't be done. I think I think Swagger's a great example of that. I mean, you're taking 100 years that had nothing's changed, and, and this has changed. 
so it's innovation. But so it doesn't mean you can't be in it. So but I don't want people to feel like I'm not good enough. Um, <laughs> but there are facts. If you ain't got it, you ain't got it. That's it. Or you keep freaking trying until you come up with it. How many? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at who is it? All the who invented the light bulb? Hey, I mean, how many I, times do they fail until they freaking hit it? I've got. I've got. I mean, real quickly, you know, Stephen King. You know, if you read his book, because I was a writer in college, and we read his his biography, and um, when he had the manuscript for Carrie, he talked his wife into him leaving his job from manufacturing. She did it. And they had this time period where he did that. He turned that manuscript in and got rejected. It was like 25 times. And 25 times when he got the 25th letter, uh, you know, that was pretty much where he was like, okay, that's it. And he took the manuscript and he threw it in the trash. His wife saw an ad and saw another call for manuscripts and felt bad, pulled the manuscript out of the trash and sent it in for the 26th time. Wow. And that became they they got a deal for a book and a movie right away. I mean, it, it's you know King was ready to walk away from his career up. at, at twenty five times and the twenty six. So you don't know if it's going to be twenty six or twenty seven or or, or one it is, or one. And you don't know. You don't yeah. know. I mean, if you're truly, truly an innovator, you can't quit. You can't. And this is why B said this a while back. B couldn't be here because she's in Mississippi. But he said something that it's made me even think about stuff. He talked about it. If you really are pat, not just saying you're passionate about something, mm-hmm. or pa- let's not let's say we're passionate about being innovators. Are you? Or are you not? Well, if you quit on it, chances are you probably weren't really passionate about it. That's exactly because he said if you quit on it, then you're quitting your passion. So. Like you're talking Stephen King, but look at Keurig. Look how big Keurig is. It's probably the biggest brand that's happened today. The dude didn't invent that. Give up <laughs> on it. He sold his patents for like $50,000. And what's it worth? Today they sell a billion cups a year. Over a billion. That's a year. A year. Over a billion. I don't know what the number is now. I mean, that's the last stat. That's a lot. My owner was telling me that, and you're just sitting there thinking... Some company bought that for fifty thousand because this dude give up, he quit, and he's sitting there today with his fifty thousand. Didn't even pay his house off. He might have killed himself for all I know over doing that because he had a billion dollar idea and quit after seven years trying to sell it or can get it off the ground. Yeah, but again, it takes money to make money too. It does. There's no doubt. So, no doubt. But you got to stick with your passion. And if you ain't an innovator, go home. <laughs> Josh, you got anything? I know you're ready to go to bed. At the time of this recording, it is 1249. <laughs> and Josh Which is, is a, way past Josh, time. Josh is that guy at deer camp. You're all out around the campfire. Just when you're sitting there playing gone. guitar. Everybody's like, where's Josh at? <laughs> he gone. He went to bed at 930. <laughs> I got three kids. Six, three, and two, and they wake up come hell or high water at you know, no later than 6 a.m. You know, and I've just over the last couple of years, man. I mean, even though like this morning, you know, I could sleep in, I didn't, but you could have, I could have, until the garage door but, come up. You know, my hey, I got I got home at 1 30 this morning or you yesterday. Come in from morning. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. 
Wisconsin. So I am excited to go get in bed because I got to go drive back to Texas. I don't even have a bed. I'm sleeping on a couch. I can't believe you're not coming to Nebraska. We're going to so hook up Jerry the Entertainer and Casey on the podcast. I would love to, but that's our At least Jerry. Casey may check out on us. Casey won't do podcasts. Jerry going to a Jerry podcast. I'm going to hold him to the fire. You realize you're getting into conspiracy like you're gonna do a three-hour podcast well we're well, well this is three hours right now <laughs> holy cow it doesn't feel like we've been here three hours it never does and we've rabbit hole a lot but i feel like we've halfway talked about some i mean i don't know if we have or not yeah. <laughs> i mean if you're still listening you're an awesome People human <laughs> you're a great human being and thank you for your support uh, that's right <laughs> people are gonna think we're like these arrogant guys that just, no but i do i will say to that like we joke around and we are probably confident <laughs> you have to be but no but you you got to speak the truth too yes and you ain't been in this 20 years to not be able to mm-hmm. you've got credibility to speak the truth now both of y'all do um and we all speak to it in different fa- facets of the industry but if you don't speak the truth you're you're wasting your time so don't don't lose hope if you want to be in the industry but no. surround yourself with people who are going to speak the truth that's right so you don't, don't think you're going to – in the television world, don't think you're, you're – Pretty much if you want to take anything from this podcast is don't get into outdoor television. Yeah, that's right. You are not Michael Waddell. <laughs> don't come ask Josh if he'll sponsor you no. unless you've got like 10 million views a day. <laughs> that's so funny. But why that's funny is because I'm actually telling you the truth right now. You're gonna have to I'm have saving a disclaimer. Josh these are these are not the what's that disclaimer? These are not the uh, opinions of the broadcast network. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is not actually. I'm back, back y'all. Hey, you told me to fire y'all once because you thought TV was irrelevant. You remember that conversation? Trying. I still wish you would from day to day. I want to be digital. I, I would. I won't say that. <laughs> what were you gonna say? No. Go ahead. Uh-uh. I don't care. I mean, there's other ways we could probably make your money more successful. Y'all. I'm not going to omit all of that. <laughs> I'm actually not. I don't care. Well, I, I, I ain't going to say it because there might be some people listening today. And for the guys that know me, they know I'm pretty sincere about stuff. And I'm not a arrogant person, but I do speak the truth most of the time. I don't have a whole lot of filter. Crap no, I mean, there's no point in it. I totally But agree. I am pretty gentle about things. I don't know about gentle, but. I care. <laughs> Yeah, I mean you do. So, so let's. Aaron is like the biggest. Everybody thinks hardcore. I'm this, yeah, Aaron's such an asshole. No, I'm not. And at the end of the day, he's probably the biggest teddy bear on the planet. Or otherwise, he'd have fired everybody ten years ago. <laughs> he'd have fired guys before they ever got on staff That's because right. they create so much drama. Oh, I'm, I'm throwing myself in the category. I probably create drama from time to time. I mean, I'm, I'm not really a don't. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying he is a big teddy bear, yeah. and he wants everybody to be successful. I don't want everybody to be successful. And you do. I, Even that goes back to competition. I want my competition to be successful. Competition's good. It is. This is what this Even game. if you are the, the copycat, come on, bring your 365. I like it. Mm-hmm. Bring it. I bring actually – I, I'm not even an owner, or I'm just a little guy on the totem pole, but I like it. I love Because I love competition. It drives us all to be better. That's right. Well, I'm fixing to close this down. And Josh, you ready to go bed? Because I, I think that <laughs> another thing that drives us to be better is sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wide awake, dude. We keep going. I drank, How many sparks did I drink today? We, we're drinking so many products we're not sponsored by today. 
I need to throw that in there because everybody thinks we're just saying stuff to be because we're sponsored. Yeah. yeah, I don't even drink Spark. We paid full price for Spark. <laughs> I wrote, I've been paying full price for about 15 years. Dude, now, I rolled in this I morning. I love it. So tired. <laughs> I drank so many Sparks so I could get involved in these You're beans. going to bed at one and you're fixing me your crank to about four. Oh, I'm wired up. I drank some Mountain Ops today. I drank Genesis Pure. I drank Advocare. <laughs> I, drank, I didn't drink Plexus, but I thought about it. <laughs> I don't care. If it's keeping me awake and focused, I'm here. All right. Hey, this has been good. Aaron, Josh, you guys are killing it in the category, Big and J Swagger. And it's just getting better and better every day. Thank you guys for joining us. And this is not the last time we will hear from you two, Yahoo's. I promise you Well, that. thanks for having us. And <laughs> we'll do this earlier, Josh. Yeah. We're going to start at like seven next time, yeah. at least. Uh, it'll be fun to do, you know, when we're all in deer camp and compare and South Texas. Yeah. See what's going on. All right. But I don't hunt. Oh, well. You're going to sooner or later. <laughs> it's coming. We'll we'll have ribs for you to cook. And That's you, right. You, I cook. You can have the headphone on or the headset. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to shut this down. We've been rolling about. Oh, we're pushing three hours. Holy cow. Oh, God. Yeah. We're out. All right. Until next time, y'all. This is Tour 12. We will see you next time right here on the podcast. Peace out. Peace out.